Hey, you got to subscribe to youtube.com slash Bill Simmons. You get all the videos and breakouts that we do for this podcast and for the rewatchables, as well as six years of content that is attached to me. Let's be honest. Not a lot of guys over 50 have their own YouTube channel. I do. YouTube.com slash Bill Simmons. Subscribe. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Uber Eats. Spring is here and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana, that's a no, but a banana, that's a yes. A nice tan, sorry, no, but a box fan, happily, yes. A day of sunshine, nope. A box of fine wines, yeah. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets, product availability may vary by region. See app for details. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where on Monday night we are launching... One of my favorite dumb gimmicks that I think I've ever come up with on the rewatchables. It is going to be really, really fantastic. And you'll never guess what it is. Not telling you the movie, not telling you the gimmick, but you'll have to go. It's tied to February in a very loose way. You'll have to go Monday night and you can hear the podcast with me and Sean Fennessy and Mallory Rubin. And that's the only hint I'm going to give you. So check that out. I'm also on the Prestige TV podcast much later this week, Chuck Klosterman and I are going to be breaking down the first three episodes of Pam and Tommy on Hulu, which launches on Friday. Pretty interesting show, tied to the 90s, all kinds of stuff. Chuck has a new book coming out about the 90s. He's coming on this podcast later this week as well. Uh, we're also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, where I lost the boost that we did for Million Dollar Picks because the Chiefs lost. We're going to talk about that with Sal in a second. I'll make it back to everybody on Wednesday with uh, our same game parlay that we do about the NBA. Coming up. Cousin Sal and I are going to talk about the conference championships. And then Kevin O'Connor is going to come on to talk about panic teams at the NBA trade deadline. What a podcast. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, cousin Sal is here taping this a little before eight o'clock Pacific time. Sal, I'll give you I'll give you choices. Where do you want to start? Joey Burr, Chiefs choke, Rams making the impossible dream happen, or uh, Jimmy G is not elite. Where do you want to start? Oh, I am going off the board. Well, let's let's tackle that Chiefs um, that Chiefs game because I wish that was the second game. Right? Did you feel yeah. like that was that was so great? I think because if you didn't have a rooting interest, you were going for Joe Burrow, probably for the most part. And in that second game, I felt like 
there were times when I felt neither team deserved to win. But let's celebrate Joe mm. Burrow for a minute. Joey Burr? I never yeah. knew about that uh that that nickname for him. I what is that. that? What do you keep saying? What is that? Joey, Joey B. Burr. It's just Joey B. R. 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 Because he's so ice cold. Oh wow, that's Joey good. Burr. Nice, but he's got the <laughs> like burning it. cigar on his lips I, too, so that's tough. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess he does it all. What an amazing story! I first of all, apologies, Tandy Dalton. I know mm -hmm. today hurt to watch a franchise QB actually take the Bengals to the Super Bowl, <laughs> but um, amazing story. I mean. Two things amazing. One is he brought the Bengals to the Super Bowl in two years. Two yeah. is that he had a major knee injury. What? Right. Uh, 14, 15 months ago. And uh, over and over again was just willing them to. And there's that one drive when he had multiple scrambles when it seems like the Chiefs pass rush was really going to get to him. And it just didn't. Uh, there was a confidence to him. The chase thing. The yeah. fact that he convinced him to draft chase. So I would say of the, of the winner, even though uh, so others would say Sean McVay, because Sean McVay went on with that Rams team, but he did such a weird coaching job today. Joey B, Joey B is is got to be the winner of the weekend. Definitely the big winner, and we I know we like to talk big winners and losers, and I feel even worse for Josh Allen because I think he tweeted something like what, what did he say? What was his tweet? Yeah, I forgot what his tweet. It was just like uh, he, just uh, so unsatisfying to watch the Chiefs lose to this team now because mostly yeah. because it's like. Oh, man, we're going to see Josh Allen and Mahomes for the next 10 years, dozen years. Like, no, there's Joe Burrow and there's Justin Herbert and there's Deshaun Watson if he comes into the conference. Like, there's no guarantee for anything and for Burrow to pick it up and do what he did. And just exactly what you said, the elusiveness. And when he would scramble out of a sack and they wouldn't, they couldn't get to him, but uh, once or twice, I, don't, I forget how many sacks did they They have one or two sacks? Like, I think they only had one. Did they have one? They could yeah. have had, yeah, they could have had zero or or six, but he did what you expect Mahomes to do. Mahomes would put, hit the B button and spin and spin and spin and get out of it, and then there was still nothing downfield. And in fact, he waited and took a couple sacks um, doing that. And Burrow was just the opposite of that. I kind of eluded all the pass rushes and figured it out. And by the way, I could say pass rush, not like Collinsworth. I'm able to say it. Pass rush. It's not pass. <laughs> He says Pash Rush. Pash oh, Rush? Is that some Pash Rush? Pash, but, oh, but, uh, we're getting a lot of Collinsworth this week with the oh, Bengals yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. No, Joey, Burrow was terrific. Joey Burr was 23 for 38 for 250, five scrambles for 25 yards, only one sack. So mm -hmm. on paper, it's like, well, that wasn't that great. Same thing for last week, where if you looked at his stats from last week, you're like, ah, not that great. Last yeah. week, he was amazing. He took, he got the absolute shit kicked out of him. Yeah. For four quarters, nine sacks plus two that didn't count because of the delay of games and never seemed phased, never seemed rattled. I mean, it, that closest I can compare it to, Sal, is Keanu Reeves and the replacements. How, <laughs> you know, especially in that last game when the offensive line collapsed and the, yeah. was, the footsteps Falco nickname was about the, oh, he, he just wouldn't be deterred. He kept coming. But uh, the calmness, for somebody who hadn't really been in that situation before, except for college. And this is something we talk about because I don't watch college, you do. But mm -hmm. about how does that translate? If you come through on this big stage in college, does that translate to the pros or not? And it's all over the map. It doesn't seem to really matter. There's no right answer. But in his case, it's very reminiscent of what he looked like in college. And they get, well, plus they gave him a terrible situation with a miserable offensive line yeah. that couldn't protect him. It sacked 51 sack times this year. Sacked a, a billion. It would have been a billion last year if he lasted the season. And uh, and again, like he 
he really like broke contain and and just made the most of everything and was like Mahomes esque. I, I can't say enough about him. And it wasn't even like Chase had a great game like these guys like T right. Higgins. But by the way, T, T Higgins looks like he was like six ten today. I know. Did he grow six inches? Like I remember when like when he was like nineteen years old, he didn't seem this big uh, like a year and a half ago. But yeah, uh, he looked like a tight end. Well, when I was yeah. growing up, the first quarterback the Pats ever had was Jim Plunkett, who they took first in the draft. And they mm -hmm. couldn't, they didn't have an offensive line for him. They got the shit kicked out of him and ended up, he was out of football by like 1977, 78. Ended up back in the Raiders, rehabbed himself and ended up mm -hmm. taking them to the Super Bowl. But there's been these stories over the years of these guys who got the shit kicked out of them. And that's, that was it. They, you know, like, like Derek Carr's brother. It's another one, yeah. but they, there's guy, Archie Manning. You always heard this about him when we were growing up. Right. Um, Burrow got the shit kicked out of him and it didn't seem to affect him at all. And, like at all. It actually seemed like he somehow gained confidence from all the punishment and yeah. figured out how to become like a fucking John Wick Jedi in the pocket. It was impressive. And, yeah. You figure, okay, a team that got sacked and a quarterback that got sacked nine times in a playoff game. Like, okay, even if they were just lucky enough to win that, they're going to have to get stopped the next week, right? Or the yeah. next week, like, my God, this team is, and we know, we'll, we'll know the, we'll guess the line in 40 minutes or whatever, but uh, they, they, they can win this. They can win the whole thing. This is so crazy. So nuts, we, this Bengals team. We talked about that we like this team. I never liked them to the point that I thought they were going to make a Super Bowl, but they they had moments. Like there is that, what was it, that Chargers game when they were down 24 nothing and they kept mm -hmm. fighting back. There's a moment today. First of all, they got that touchdown before the uh, before the last minute of the first half, right? When mm -hmm. it, it could have been 21-3. They drove down, got the screen pass, bad tackling by KC. But then when they got the stop at the top of the third quarter, because, you know, it was yeah. set up for Chiefs are going to score on both ends of the half. Right. They get the three and out from the Chiefs, started third quarter. And it was my thing. You know, I love this. The whole sideline was locked in going nuts. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time because I'm sure like you, I had money on, on, on the chiefs. I got to um, tell you, I stayed away from it. I don't know. I, maybe I'm maturing as a gambler. I had both underdogs with the points and I had a few props. You didn't, you didn't do parlay swear, tees with the, I with swear the chiefs? on my kids, even the ones I like, I swear wow. on them that I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. As it went on, as it. we did Thursday, we did million dollar picks and I, I put in some bets and then. As the week went along, it it the the gambling manifesto, there were a couple rules that started to pulsate, which was mm. the Bengals were clearly becoming a nobody believes in this team, but some people were banging them for the money line. Right. And I know like Fando was telling me that there was a lot of money line Bengals stuff that, you know, not not like a crazy amount, but enough. Yeah. So you had that. And then, you know, the other thing was it seemed like everybody had a Chiefs tease or a Chiefs parlay, right? Heading into mm -hmm. Sunday as the first team. And that's always a red flag. Now, did, did it feel like a red flag when it was 21 to three and they were on the yeah. five yard line the, with crimson nine red. seconds left? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they threw I, the one pass that they couldn't, the outlet to Hill, like the screen pass that's going to end up in bounds. Like they, yeah, they, they got too cute there down, down early. And, uh, well, yeah, that, let's, let's them. kill the chiefs. I let's think we, it. I think we did. We, we put in our Joe Burrow time. Congrats to the Bengals. Yep. Their defensive coordinator was incredible. I was reading some of the stats. He dropped eight plus into uh coverage 35% of the time. Mm -hmm. That's why Mahomes seems so confused. Second half, it was 45% of the time. They had eight people dropping back and they're basically daring the chiefs to run and the chiefs didn't take the bait. And that right. was one of the reasons they lost. Now let's kill the chiefs.
Sal, I think, I think this was the biggest choke in AFC title game history. Whoa. And I spent at least 20 minutes during the Niners Rams game, looking up all the AFC titles games, trying to figure out if there's a bigger choke. Mm -hmm. And the nominees are the Ernest Biner game, the fumble Denver wins 38 to 33. That's in 1987. Now, I don't feel like the whole team choked, right? They're about to win. He got stripped. It was a terrible play. It, it, it he became the go to the game. Yeah. 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 Cold weather, the whole thing. But that wasn't like an organizational collapse type of game. But anyway, that's a candidate. Colts 2006 AFC title game. They came back from 21 3. They beat the Pats 38 to 34. Mm-hmm. That was a Pats team that if we had made the Super Bowl, I would have been amazed. Like our number one receivers were Shea Caldwell. Our defense wasn't very good. By the mm-hmm. second half, the Colts were better. You could see it. And I I felt like we were more holding on than choking. And it would have been a miracle. We shouldn't have won the week before. The Chargers, remember, they got the game-winning interception. Troy Brown stripped the guy. Yeah. So they well, this is there. therapy. You have to you have to convince yourself that wasn't a bad loss. But yeah. No, but oh, it was no. Peyton, it was Peyton Man. It was a it horrible was loss. But yeah. I don't I never felt like I like I feel like there's other Pats games where they choked. I never felt like that was a, as much of a choke. It's one of the greatest quarterbacks better. of all time. Yeah. One so Manning was awesome. Right. He deserved yeah. it. Right. Uh Pats 23, Ravens 20 in 2011 playoffs, mm-hmm. where Evans was about to catch the game winner and he got stripped. Wasn't yep. a choke, great play. But then Cundiff missed the 32 yarder. Mm-hmm. Now Pats win. I still don't feel like it was what I saw today. And then the other one was when the Pats beat the Chiefs four years ago. Casey's up by four, two minutes left. Brady drives down and scores. No shame in that, but did have the D4 thing. I, I they, think that's right there. I really do. Okay. Um, th- that's right there. Uh, although uh, this has to leave. This is now it. number one. Yeah. Yeah. This because is they're, one. they're defending AFC champs, you know, the year Super Bowl win the year before that. They've made the. AFC championship four years in a row, like you said, and they have a huge lead and the best quarterback in the league, right? It's so even worse it. than a, a huge lead. They're they're up 21-3. Yeah. They're inside the five-yard line. They're at least getting three more points. They somehow fucked that up. Then they have right. the ball right after the, the halftime, and mm-hmm. they give it right back. Chiefs punt. I mean, uh, the Bengals punt. Chiefs have the ball again. Don't do anything again. They had three straight drives where it's like if anything happens, the game's over. It was kind of like the game they played a month ago, right? They had a two, well, except only they had a two touchdown lead. They had a two touchdown lead twice against the uh, Bengals and blew it right. twice, but it was the same thing. They didn't score a touchdown in the second half in that game. And it just like, like, oh my God, that's what I think what fueled the Bengals. Like, look, we could do this because we have we did done it. This. Yeah, we yeah. did it already. Yeah. I was on multiple threads, people wondering if Mahomes got concussed during the game. Because that's how know. bizarre his second half was. Yeah, I was looking at, I was trying to figure out when it would happen. I was on one of those threads and I was like, I, I just don't, I, I could I actually maybe see a hand injury before anything else. But yeah, the decisions were very poor. He was, the the ball was sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, the decision to throw the bubble screen basically to Tyreek Hill with five seconds left with two guys in front of him is just insane. The one pass. It's an insane yeah. play. I can't believe they did that. I also yeah. can't believe Andy Reid even let him do it. Um, you know, they well, had, how about just forcing it into Ty Hill at the end? Like it, it was very right. Rogers esque, like what he did with Devontae Adams last week. Like, um, this guy's open. But I gotta say that dropping eight into coverage, like that's another thing that would make the Bills vomit. Like 13 seconds, you should have dropped all eleven. Like we had TJ Hushmanzada on against all odds, and he said the same thing. He's like Drop 11 against this guy. Who cares? Especially when he has four seconds to throw the ball in 13 seconds. Like, who, just get tacklers out there. 
Well, the Bengals did the fuck you squib kick to the Bills fans at the end of the yeah. first half. Then it right, worked right. and it knocked four seconds off. Right. I thought they could have run. I thought every time they ran the ball, they got five yards, it seemed like. The Bengals? And, no, I'm talking saying the Chiefs. Oh, oh right. And right, you right. think like um hey, even heading into OT after things had really unraveled, but they mm -hmm. somehow win the coin toss. And then the Chiefs have a terrible three and out. I mean, you think about it, they have it's twenty, it's it's uh 20, they're down three. It's first and goal from Cincy's five. It's 24-21 in regulation. Mm -hmm. They run McKinnon for a yard. Mahomes gets sacked for five right. yards. Then Mahomes has the Matt Ryan sack for minus 15. Now Bucker has to make like a 44-yard yeah. But Warm gets it, goes distance. to OT. Yeah. Then they get the, the thing, start a regulation, first down, don't run. Chucks it over Robinson's head incomplete. Mm -hmm. Second down. Mrs. Robinson, Apple drops an interception. Yeah. Third down, chucks it downfield, Aaron Rodgers style, into double coverage, tip, pick. And yep. you knew if the Bengals got one first down, the game's over because they have, you know, McPherson, who's the other yeah. than Tucker, the best kicker in the league. So uh, to me, that's a disaster. I mean, I, I think... Yeah, that's from, the biggest collapse. That's the biggest collapse. It for has sure. to be. And you got to think about the overtime too. Like, I, like I, I, I forgot to check the live lines. Of course, I sent you Chiefs minus one twelve when they were down yep. three or something because I had to. Uh, and then in overtime, they're like they're a two to one favorite because they win the toss. And by the way, so they win the toss. If they go down and score, that rule is definitely changed next year. No question yep. about it. If they could change it before the Super Bowl, they would. But now that they didn't score and win the game. Everyone's probably like, oh, we got it right. We don't have to change that. We got that. We got that. The rule, rule right. works. Yeah, everything works. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It was a, it was a blow. Yeah. And you're right. Like McKinnon was running the ball. He had 12 carries for 65 yards. Like, so like it was 165. Clyde. Yeah, you're right. Like they, they, they could have maybe kept doing that, but the bubble screens are their run game too. It just all fell apart. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we learned something too, but I just didn't see any play that looked like a concussion. Well, he wasn't running either because one of my, Bets was Mahomes over 25 rushing yards. He needed like an 11 yarder in the first drive and mm -hmm. then never ran the ball again. And that was also, that right. was weird. Um, so Mahomes and Reed, four years together now, lost to the Pats game I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. won the Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl by 22. And then the worst choke in AFC title history this year. Those are their four years together. Pretty odd. I would say if you if you looked at this, Knowing what we know, even in 2018, you're like over under Super Bowls one and a half. I probably would have gone over. Yeah, I think we had, did have this discussion, but it's really hard to win Super Bowls. And it that's really why is. Your boy Brady is laugh, laughing his ass off in the background. The guys have seven of these, and you guys knock yourselves out trying to get, you can't get out of your own way to get to the Super Bowl. Reed's been in nine championship round games. He's three mm -hmm. and six, five losses. Is he three and six? Wow. Five losses as a favorite. Mm -hmm. His biggest playoff collapses slash chokes slash worst losses. This one, 2013, that Colts 45 to 44 game against Andrew Luck. That was an absolute abomination. Of really loss. bad. I think they were also up 21 3 in that. The Steelers game in 2016, they lost 18 16. They score with three minutes left to cut it to two, missed the two point. Right. Steelers run out the clock. 2017, they lose 22-21 to Mariota. Remember mm -hmm. that one? It was a sure. Saturday game. Everybody Saturday got night. destroyed. Yep. And then Pats 37-31. And then that 
Pat's Super Bowl with the 10-minute, two-minute two drill in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. And then that weird 2008 Cards 32-25 to 25 game when they lost to uh, Kurt Warner, where oh, all right. his cards jumped right. I mean, that, that wasn't a choke, but um, he's had some bad ones. He used to be in the playoff manifesto. It's like, don't bet on Andy Reid. I'm wondering, do I put him back in? I think you maybe put him back in. I, I think don't I know. have to. This is um they played like a team that shouldn't have gotten a bye and they didn't have a bye. Uh I, I, yeah. I don't know what to expect. Like we are we were all over I, I really don't know what to say because in, in one instance they should have won. They should have put them away. They should have had twenty eight to three. And then I think then we're not talking even a little bit about this. Like and we're like, oh, Joe Burrow's a year away. Oh, but so is Josh Allen. So I don't know what we do about that. But um they do blow games. They are uh, custom, and again, maybe they're snake bitten against the Cincinnati team specifically. I was so delighted with myself with the Chiefs and picking them and the bets I had with them, and I was just this Bengals team. They barely yeah. beat the Raiders. They barely beat. I can't believe people thought they were going to beat the Chiefs. Like just having this conversation with myself, like mm-hmm. midway through the second quarter, I was like, "Oh man, now oh, this yeah. one. Now I need the Niners." And I. I had already written the game off. and then I had the, friends doing the same thing. Like, do, why do we ever take teasers? The Bengals, they're going to lose this game by 30. It's so stupid. Why did you yeah. just bet that, you know, yeah, same thing. That screen pass turned it around to Perrine when uh, a couple guys missed tackles. All of a sudden, it's 21-10. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then you think, oh, they have a minute left. The Chiefs are going to come down and score. They go all the way down. And, you know, the key to this game was the Bengals, they have the two plays inside the, or three plays inside the five there, two mm-hmm. or three. And that the Chiefs end up getting nothing at the end of that half. And then same thing at the end of regulation when the Chiefs have to settle for a field goal when really they should have scored a touchdown. And our guy yeah. Romo, that was a really tough two minutes for Romo and Nance. Wow. Yeah. Talking about should that should they let them score? And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like they could they just stopped them in this an hour and a half ago. They're gonna let I them know, score. I know. We always feel what that were they way doing? Too. I was thinking it too. I know you can't let them score, but the clock is such a We've seen so many coaches screw that up before. So then they ran it. I'm trying to think what happened. They ran it. They got busted. Yeah. Yeah, it was score. McKinnon for a yard. Mahomes yeah. sacked. Mahomes sacked. You and just don't just, count on those Mahomes sacks down there. There's a million things that could happen. Shuffle passes, everything else. You don't see the Mahomes sack because he at least uh, has a wherewithal to elude that first wave of rushes. At so least they weird. didn't do the play where they brought the backup tight end in. Yeah. Did that whole thing. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. I'm going to talk about the now dead arguments. A lot of (laughs) arguments died today. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right? First half of the first game. I don't know. West Coast time. That's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30. Perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside. LDA, 21 and up. Now dead arguments, potentially, just from Chiefs-Bengals that happened. Mm-hmm. So we don't, the OT coin toss, we don't have to have that argument anymore because the Bengals won. They lost the coin toss. They won on the road. Like, can, can we not have that argument anymore? I don't Is it know. gone? I, I'd like, I mean, I don't think we ever have the argument if they let both teams touch the ball, right? Then we don't have the argument. But 
it's fine. It's hard to believe it was a few years ago where a field goal won it. Like that, we, we, that was, it seems yeah, like that was awful. Well. We knew yeah, that so. was awful as it was happening. Right. Yeah. Mahomes as the guaranteed, no doubt about it, next GOAT. I think that's gone because now I think we have multiple candidates for at least their generation's greatest QB. I think we would have said, oh, it's Mahomes. Yeah. It's wide open now. Allen's in there. Joey Burr. Who mm-hmm. knows with Herbert next year? We got we got some candidates. I'm with you. I'm with you. The AFC is loaded, and then we'll get to Rodgers and Brady talk, I'm sure, in a minute. But uh, I, I don't know why any good quarterback wouldn't want to stay in the NFC at this point. But yeah, the AFC is absolutely loaded. I don't know what to make from a from a legacy slash history standpoint of how bad Mahomes was for two solid hours there. Mm-hmm. And I think I was thinking about him and maybe this is just the way football has gone because it's changed so much. And it's so offensive now, but it's almost like these quarterbacks are more like basketball players. Here we and, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're more oh, like basketball go. players where mm-hmm. it's just like sometimes basketball players, all of a sudden they don't have it. They're just missing like Curry in game seven against mm-hmm. the Cleveland in 2016, where it's just like, nothing's going in. It doesn't mean the guy sucks. He just has an off day. It's right. weird with quarterbacks because quarterbacks now are so consistent. They're always like 70%, 75% accuracy. And, yeah. you know, they finish the season with 35 touchdowns and eight picks. Mm-hmm. And it's when they melt down like that, it's it felt it feels even weirder than it did when we were growing up. But it would make total sense if like Ken Stabler had a, had a second half like that. You'd be like, oh, of course he did. It's Ken Stabler. Yeah, and especially because we've seen so many Mahomes passes now, right? We watch yeah. every single game he's in, and we know we know their rhythm, right? We know Kelsey is going to jog into open space, and he's going to find him nine yards, and then he's going to stiff arm another seven yards. What you're not used to is him passing, throwing into double coverage, right? You're not used to that shit at all, and we saw that a bunch today. And, or him uh, start, or him starting the overtime series, throwing twice to Robinson. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive the Bengals were delighted by that. Right. Yeah, so weird. But I guess the defensive scheme, you know, I, we we do a good job of shitting on on things and we'll we'll get to uh, there's a lot I think more in the in the uh 49ers Rams game to hate. But that you're right when you said that Bengals defense and that pass defense, they really really stepped it up. I'm going to have to why do is it again it, next two Why is not that guy getting job interviews? Yeah, I don't the know. The Bengals defensive coordinator. <laughs> that was one of yeah. the best jobs I've seen from NBA. Uh another one. The Bengals are too cheap to win. Well, they're in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. They have like three scouts and, you know, two-year-old right. Doritos in the food in the fast food machine in their locker room, probably. <laughs> the number one and, new, and number two seeds really matter in the NFL playoffs. Apparently not anymore because we have no number one or number two seeds in the Super Bowl. Didn't First matter. time it's ever happened. I mean, last week it was uh, the one seed is a massive advantage, right? Nope. Didn't matter. Right. But we thought maybe, okay, that doesn't matter because the Chiefs are in it. And they, unfortunately, get a one seed. But I, I'm with you. Yeah. It's mattering less and less. This one hurts. Earmuffs. Don't don't listen to this. Oh, no. Now dead argument. Romo and Nance are clearly the best. What? I don't know. I think Buck and Aikman, I think they had a better day than, than Nance and Romo did. Today. Why? Yeah. What happened? I thought Buck and Aikman were good today. I think Aikman's been really good this year. Yeah, yeah. I was never a huge year. Aikman fan. I think he's like a lot feistier. Like, his he was openly nervous for Jimmy G that entire game in a way that I thought really mirrored how mm-hmm. America felt about Jimmy G. He was right. like, oh, oh, I, man, man, Joe, that's 
you just, I'm surprised he got away with that one. You could just tell he was like, oh my God, this guy sucks. How is he going to make the Super Bowl? I feel like he's disregarding network notes mm. and he's just letting it all out there. I don't know. Because he's They're a free like, agent? Yeah, because he's got multiple people coming that, after him. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, keep everybody interested in the game, you know, and, and in doing so, you can't shit on the uh, the inferior yeah, he quarterback or who's losing. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Another now dead argument. Don't draft a kicker. The Bengals drafted oh. McPherson in the fifth round. Maybe yeah. there's going to be kicker drafting happening. Mm-hmm. All right, no, another one. Studio crews need to be in locations for a championship weekend games. <laughs> <laughs> CBS got annihilated today. <laughs> they their, their halftime show, which is terrible to begin with, and now right. they have a country western singer blaring behind them. Right. I love like that. That's good. Uh, now, now dead argument number seven. Baker Mayfield should have more commercials than Joe Burrow. What? That's, oh, yeah, oh that's, it's a dead argument. That's dead. Yeah, that's yeah, dead. Yeah. Joe Burrow's going to be in there. Who... Is he the number one commercial free agent next year? State I Farm. I think so. State Farm, call him right now. I agree. I mean, Mahomes has these commercials too. And he's like, what did he sign? Like a 10-year deal for over $500 million? And like, for can State you turn, Farm? You can Maybe. turn down a... No, no, it's his Chiefs contract. Like, oh. uh, so I was like, what? Can you turn down a commercial? I feel like you could probably turn down a commercial. Now, the Odell Beckham Jr.'s father, Odell Beckham Sr. should have more commercials than uh, Baker Mayfield at this point. Give all the money to Joe Burrow. Yeah. The Rams will have a good playoff crowd. I think that argument's now dead because it was like half Niners fans. They did get loud near the end, but for the most part, when your own QB has to use a silent count in the NFC title game at home, that's right. I don't know. I I, I know buddies there, and they said there was a lot of red. It, It just seemed like everybody was rooting for everything. It was loud throughout. Like a soccer game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm switching gears. Kyle, turn the camera. Uh oh. Would you rather have Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes going forward? Oh, man. Yeah. You have to answer. I was thinking about that while you were going through this. And um, oh, man. I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes still. And I don't even know why. I don't know why. I mean, I, I also, can't, obviously, I also have not facing it. You have Mahomes? I have Mahomes as well. Yeah. But if you take Kelsey out of the equation, I know that's a huge if. I'm, I'm, you're not taking J- Chase out of Bengals' equation. It becomes very close, I think. If, if Kelsey normalizes, if we see those f- three weeks of Kelsey that we saw earlier in the year, then I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, if you're, just, doing du- if you're doing duos, I think Burrow and Chase trump everybody. The combo, right? Yeah. Because I would rather have that than Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I don't know how many more elite Tyreek Hill years we have. Like mm-hmm. smaller receivers, who knows? They don't usually. It's not like you don't go fifteen years. Jimmy G, Jawan Jennings doesn't do it for all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next year it's going to be Jimmy G on like the Saints, right? Yeah, <laughs> the Saints a USFL team. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would. I still think Mahomes is the answer. I think Allen. If you're going to rank Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Mm-hmm. Probably in that order, but the the it's way more bunched together than it was sure. three weeks ago. Yeah, like in a way that is shocking to me. But I think Burrow out of those three is the most like kind of like the quarterbacks we grew up with. Mm-hmm. He's like the the lineage QB to the guys from the seventies. Just takes a huge pounding, a lot of charisma, big arm, never scared. I think Allen would probably be the most fun guy to have just because he's you know mm-hmm. like this. 
larger than life dude. And then Mahomes is like the wild card. Well, you you shit on Romo. So let me rehabilitate his reputation a little bit. I would say, well, if you say he's not as bad as his best, but, but I didn't think he was good today. We did talk about last week about, uh, Burrow and, uh, and Romo, the, the comparisons. Mm. And there's like, and now it comes out, not that it came out. Like Burrow was a very good, uh, basketball player too in high school. So throw that with Romo, who was Mr. Wisconsin, I think as a basketball player. So yeah, they're one in the same. So I would go Romo, Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen. You know, <laughs> I love stuff like that, but at the same time, it makes sense that these guys who are like the elite of the elite of the most expensive position in sports would also mm-hmm. be good at other sports. Yeah, right. Like you would think like, it does make sense. Like Anthony Edwards on the Timberwolves was supposedly the best football player in Georgia and would be in the NFL right now if you played football. And I wonder if we see watch- less and less of that because I feel like, and I know coaches in my kids' schools are, are just like, no, you're playing one sport and I, I don't care how good you are at that other sport, you know? Basically, thinking about assholes. It, yeah. Now, Ben Simmons, who doesn't look like he can wrestle if he plays football because football right? is like a year-round sport. Well, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to be in the gym. They let yeah. you do track. That's what they do, yeah. They don't want to tear on your body, yeah. Uh, another weight. question. Yep. I'm not saying ever, mm-hmm. but in a while. Was that the most money everyone's lost on one team slash game, the Chiefs today? You think like parlays, teasers, mm-hmm. Mahomes props, and then Chiefs future bets, plus all the people that jumped on them to win the Super Bowl after oh, the Oh, interesting. Game. Yeah. I feel like it was just a mammoth onslaught of money that just went down. Like books and uh, casinos had to have been like rejoicing that the Bengals won. We'll have to ask our friends at Fandle, but you think that's much more than the Packers? I mean, every under hit, there was no, there was no anytime touchdown, any Rogers touchdowns, anything. There was the same spread against the 49ers team who was banged up playing on a short week and everything. Hmm. I'm with you. That's uh, but you know, you still could have made a parlay with. Kelsey, who could you, Kelsey and Hill scored? Did Hill score? So McAfee hit this six to one parlay that I think really soaked FanDuel because he he had like Kelsey touchdown, Kelsey touchdown, Tyreek touchdown, and then Mahomes and Burrow 250 plus each, I think. Right. Something like that. And it hit six to one. Yeah. You could have gone Kelsey. You could have gone Debo Samuel. You could have gone Cooper Cup. You could have gone all the big, the, the studs to score a touchdown. And they did, right? Yeah. yeah. Next topic. Can you trust your quarterback too much? And I say this with five seconds left. Tracy Wolfson says Reed was going to send the field goal kicker team and Mahomes waves him off. Yeah. He waves him off so he can throw a bubble screen to Tyreek Hill with two guys on him and he gets tackled and they get no points. That's like the classic... We both have 16-year-old kids where Mm. at some point you have to trust your kids, but then they betray the trust somehow, right? Right. Like your kid leaves the door of the car open and Mm. loses everything in the car, even though you told them a hundred times, like, make sure you lock the car and you leave. Mm. Stuff like that. Total hypothetical. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, But the trust he showed in Mahomes was just the wrong trust because with five seconds left, that's got to be a fade in the end zone to Kelsey. And if you don't get it, you kick the field goal. There's no other play you can run there unless you're going to say, fuck this and run it and try to get the touchdown. Right. But what you the, can't do is the bubble screen to Tyreek Hill the worst whatever play. that screen was. They were the worst definitely, play possible. They were, they're definitely in toying with them mode versus let's score some more points and get the ball back and score. 
you know, because if you score three there and then get the ball back and score another three, it's almost the same as getting seven right before the half, right? But if you get nothing before the half and nothing on the ensuing, you know, opening kickoff of the second half, that's bad. All the momentum is going Cincinnati's way. And I still had to get a pick and some luck the other way. I mean, Burrow almost got picked that second time. Who was it that dropped that? That was because uh, he was in bounds. He just dropped the pass. But. The linebacker, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one who uh, returned it for the touchdown against Denver. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. I would have been happy 24-10. I also would have been happy yeah. if they said, fuck this, we're trying to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I also would have been happy if they just threw a fade to Kelsey. <laughs> the two plays I don't want are anything going sideways. Yeah. Like whether it's a sweep or whether it's a screen, because it's just like too many bad he things. He shouldn't have even been there. You, you're enticing him to throw it to you there. Like just uh, run out of bounds, Hill. It's funny because this season lasted really forever. It's still going. It feels like mm-hmm. we've been talking about the Chiefs for 19 months in a row. Right. And we had that whole two month stretch where, stretch where we were like, are the Chiefs dead? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Are they done? What's going on with them this year? And then I don't think they're going to turn it on. Mm. Have, look at all these turnovers. And then they turned it on and they're good again. And they're the Chiefs. Right. And then they're up 21 3. And Mahomes is like 13 for 14. It was like, oh my God, this is like the best anyone's played this position. I can't. And then all of a sudden they reverted back to the Chiefs from the first eight weeks. Yeah. He was such shit. Here, the arguments that are, are not dead are the Chiefs dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mahomes, not the next Brady. Next, I would say closer to the next Rodgers. That was a Rodgers esque, yeah, Rodgers esque uh, loss. So Burrow, seventh quarterback to make the Super Bowl within the first two years in the league. Can you name the other six? I'm brain dead right now from all the action, but Marino, right? Yeah, uh, Brady, You're brain dead. Yeah, there's two. Um, Joe Burrow, there's three. Burrow, three. Let me see. Let me see. Hustle Bustle? Oh, yeah. Wilson. Okay. Keep Kaepernick. Going. Kaepernick. Right. Second year. Big yeah. Ben. Mm-hmm. Kurt Warner. I, I wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah. It, it that's a weird sense, list, but, right? Marino, yep. Warner, Brady, Big Ben, Kaepernick, Wilson, Joe Burrow. But if you go third through five, we looked at this, almost all the others. Yeah. Like it's almost all. Oh, the other relevant ones. Yeah. Yeah. What was Aikman? Was he year three? Yeah. Cause they lost, they went one in 15. Okay. He might've been four, 91, 92. Yeah. Joey Burr. Uh, all right. We'll take a, we'll take another break. Then let's do some 49ers rooms. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus hybrid featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. All right, the Rams. So I didn't really realize this till they won. But it's the most fun of the four teams to get in the Super Bowl with all the stuff that it brings. Because Go ahead, let's hear it. Matt Stafford, fun story, right? Toiled away uh-huh. with the Lions forever. The Lions fans, they're in that pathetic spot like the Boston fans were with Ray Bork when he finally made it with the Avalanche and we had him won in 
15 years and we we're like, oh, we're going to root for Ray Bork. We all went to a bar and watched Ray mm. Bork try to win. So the Lions, he's bringing the Lions fans with him for the Super Bowl. Thing. <laughs> oh, really? I think this pisses them off. Right. No, no, they're fun. rooting for him. The Lions yeah. fans are rooting for him. The, uh, the new stadium. Mm-hmm. So they spend $5 billion, way too much money. So much money mm-hmm. that God only knows how they ended up paying for it. But now they get to show off their new stadium and the Rams are actually playing in it. You've been in that stadium, right? A I still have times not. Now. Oh, you have? not Yeah, I'll be there for the Super Bowl. I think I'm getting old. I was there for the Kimmel Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, right? And yeah. uh, Oregon State, Utah State. And I know this is how it is at, at Staples or Crypto at the basketball arenas, but there, the arena itself is beautiful and it's great. And we got lot. We went to the wrong entrance. And so we were actually a mile away from our seats, but it got us. We were able to walk the perimeter of the stadium inside. And it was great. Everything's high tech and everything. When you get in there, it's uh, you could even hear it from the telecast. They fill every single second with noise. Every single second. I think they let the play play out. They play the actual play playoff. And then it becomes a strip club in Inglewood. And it's like, let's hear some noise. Our Rams are a minute and 40 away from making the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh my God, what have I done here? So uh, it's great. I wonder you if don't they think people are going to like that. They have to tone that down. Uh, they, I, I don't know, I guess. Right. It's funny you mentioned that because I could hear that in the telecast today. Yes, that's what I was saying. Like it bled through today. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad everyone could hear that. Maybe it'll scare them away from the Super Bowl and prices won't be too uh, crazy. Well, so you have you have Cooper Cup. He gets his shine for two mm-hmm. weeks as the best receiver in the league. Donald gets his shine as the best player in the league. And then McVay, who went all in. Like they kind of had to make the Super Bowl this year and they actually did it. So he gets his whole victory lap. Meanwhile, he was yeah. pretty terrible in the second half of this oh, game. Those I mean, challenges. Giving, giving away those... challenges left and right. I mean, they <laughs> had no timeouts. It was like they're yeah. four and a half minute drive away from this. They're done, right? If, if Jimmy he's G like, does this right. It's like, it's fine. Jimmy G's on the other side. We've got this. That other fumble, that fumble challenge was awful. Like who's, really giving, awful. Them advi- who's giving them any advice to do this? Like, uh, I, I really don't know. Awful. I don't know what they're uh, saying. Stafford and Burrow will be fun. But yeah, I think the Rams, I got more excited about it as it got closer. I saw Larry, our friend Larry Wilmore tweeting from the Rams game. Yeah. Tweeting his excited uh, video from it. But just mm-hmm. in general, it's just weird. Like, I think Niners, Bengals would have been weird. Mm-hmm. I think Chiefs, Niners, we already had it two years ago. And it, mm-hmm. Rams, Bengals is fun. We Joey Burrow. He gets to get in there as like uh, kind of the new guy and then the Rams. And I was I trying know. to think of the storyline. So Burrow, you got a lot of the LSU stuff, right? You got Burrow, you got Chase, you got Beckham. So they'll talk about that forever. All the LSU stuff. You got uh, you got Zach Taylor. And when I, I met McVeigh, I know you know him. He's on the ringer and everything. But when I met him, it was a few years ago. And I was like, what's going on? I like you guys over 10 to have. Of course, I'm talking gambling right away. With yeah. Coach. You're not supposed to do. I was like, you got some easy games on your schedule. You have Cincinnati. Now Zach Taylor's first year. And he's like, oh no, Coach Taylor's good. What you watch? That's one of the games I'm afraid of. And I think they killed Cincinnati that year. But still, like, so you got you got the assistant Zach Taylor yep. as McVeigh's assistant. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. I, I will say I don't know why, but if I if the when the 49ers were winning, I was like, I'm taking the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Now that the Rams are there, I'm not sure, and we'll go over the line in a second. I'm just I don't know why I was more confident in that crap bag 49ers team than I am these Rams who should be dominant. Here's how confident I was. They go up by 10. Yeah. As you know, I had them to win the NFC. Mm -hmm. Today was not a good day for me. 
I tell you, try to figure out how to hedge. Did you did you figure out how to hedge? Well, did there was the a great way to hedge. And a half? Yeah. The live line do? when they were up 10 was um was Niners minus six. Right. And? So I looked at it and it was Rams <laughs> plus six. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so easy. I could actually really easily middle this. The Rams are about to get the ball. Mm-hmm. It was minus six and the and the VIG was minus 120. And I'm like, ah, oh, minus 120, a little high. I know. So I'm trying to figure it out and I'm staring mm-hmm. at it. I'm staring at it. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just seeing a couple more plays. Rams come right down and score. Mm. And now it's Rams plus 150. So now, now I'm you're like, mad right. at the bet. Now you're yeah, mad. Yeah, now I'm like, all yeah. right. This mm-hmm. so now I'm thinking, you know what? I've come this far with the Niners. I believe in the Niners. They go down. They get a first down. They're inside the 50. Big run. It's like second and one and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling great. They're almost in field goal range. It, it, worst case scenario, they get a field goal. They're up six. Now I can do my live bet. They run it right into seven guys. Now it's third and one. <laughs> they run it right into seven guys again. Now it's fourth and two. McVeigh challenges it for reasons that remain unclear. Challenge not overturned. They were in punt formation before the challenge, which was dumb. Fourth and two. Time out. You should always, always try to draw them off sides, especially since you already did with the head bob. Like, what right. are you doing? So they've already Try fucked it up once. Yeah. Now we come out of timeout and they're like, yeah. Shannon's got the offense on the field. I'm like, right. this is great. Please go for it. I guarantee this is, they can get these two yards. Just do one of their cool plays. They're going to get this. Yeah. Aikman's all excited about it. He's going up. Well, you know, they spent a lot of time in the huddle. Joe, I, I actually think they're going to go for it here. No, they did the stupid trying to draw them off sides thing and yeah. they punt. And that's the game. They didn't want to go for it. And I actually think they should have gone for it because if you looked at the plays and whatever, the Rams had like, they'd run like 25 more plays than the Niners at that point. Oh, they had yeah. way more yards than them. And yeah, Niners had they five been, first downs. And yeah, like they the should have been up. The Rams yeah. should have been winning. And it was like a miracle mm-hmm. the Niners had the lead. And it's like, you got to grab the game by the balls. That's a case. We always talk about this advanced metric stuff. This is a case like, I don't care what the percentages were. This is like, this is a grab the game by the balls moment. They had to do it. If you don't get it. All right. So they punt. Guy catches it at the 17. It's like, what is it? 24 yards of field position different. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Go for it. I don't ah! know. I, I was 50-50 on that. Only because they had the, first of all, a Shanahan offense with those running the dynamic schemes. He should have 20 plays available. But he ran who's check right on on short yardage play with Williams off pulling. That was bad. I was like, oh man, maybe they don't know what they're doing here. And they weren't running the ball at all. They had, I mean, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna pump up one unit out of these four, uh, in these four teams, it's the Rams rush defense. Yeah, they were great. I'm trying to think what they had. Like they had Mitchell at 20 yards rushing. Debo yeah. only had 26. It seemed like Debo had like 55 yards. Because some of them were like screens and stuff. Yeah. Well, he was Trent seven Williams for was 26. Hurt. He could barely stand up. So you had yeah. that. So and, it was a little tough, but um, but yeah, that is why they lost that game. I mean, if you look that, at the stats that, and you're like, all right, Jimmy G 16 for 30, 232, two touchdowns, one interception, and the Rams have no sacks. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the 49ers here. I like I like my chances here with the 49ers, but they couldn't run the ball at all. That was the missing piece. Second and two, two straight runs into yeah. just a pile of guys. And that at that point, they were really getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, 
That's a really interesting part of the field in big games like this. And it, I was thinking that Brett Favre thing. We talked about it last week when the Vikings game and they were like on the, what, the 41 and they had to, you knew they had to get further. Mm-hmm. With Robbie Gould, you really, you need to get to like the 36. It's like one more first down. Mm-hmm. Now it becomes the Rams can only well, beat the us Rams the kicker, you have to get to like the 15. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and that second and one, I'm just like, I'm running my two best plays on that second and one. If I like two two plays that aren't me just running in the middle, but you know, yet again, Shanahan has just sucked in some of these fourth quarters. It's not like McVeigh was much better, but no. Um, well, how about Shanahan this? Just, I, I think I'm going to crystallize everything you've been saying. I think uh, Debo caught like a screen pass with 1242. I, I like calling him Debo, like I know him. with 1242 left in the game, he caught a screen pass. Guess how many times he touched the ball from that point on? Probably zero, right? Yes, that's a good. You win. So and where was Kittle? Zero. Where was yeah. that Kittle over the middle play? Yeah. That, I mean, the Rams had Eric Weddle out there. He was doing what we're doing four weeks ago. Right? Why aren't they attacking him? Weddle was a star, like a secret he was star. Good. He had yeah, nine he had, tackles. He like yeah, he was good. Tackles. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him try to cover people. But Shanahan, it was tough. And Shanahan has had a few of these now. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, he was almost at 500, right? He almost, he tried to do this against your team. <laughs> They were trying to give that game to you guys. They were up ah, 14 in that game. They, they I know. It. I wanted to be able to say the Cowboys were the second best team. Now it's, I mean, I'll still say it, but. No one's I thought they froze. I really what did, did you that. think when Scourneck dropped that pass? Did you think that was it? I mean, Scourneck is just usually has ice water in his veins. I had and- him on my playoff fantasy teams. <laughs> <laughs> Scourneck, when the way his arms were wailing just to. Try to uh, to not lose his balance. My God, there's no way he's getting this. But really, that Chiquisky uh, tart drop was the worst of all because they're down three. The uh, 49ers are up three. That's when it was like 17-14, right. right? And it's such an awful play. It, feel, it felt like that could have been... I mean, it's... That would have killed the Rams. It's one thing. See, we hate... You and I hate when coaches make bad decisions. Decisions that we wouldn't make, right? Like you and I. Like, all right. Yeah. 50-year-old, slow white guys. Doesn't matter. We know We would know how to coach... Uh, we know two minute drills, right? Yeah. Um, when a guy throw drops a pass, like uh, I could have probably caught that. That gets me mad. When my eight year old, I have a catch with my eight year old, and he could could have caught that pass, that interception, that lofted up there forever. Now it's a different ball game. It's like, it oh tough. my god! And now I know the Rams dropped a pick after that, so it, it kind of evens out. But that was an awful one. That guy is not sleeping until June. Well, it felt like the combo of not getting that first down. And then getting that gift of a pick right after, and the guy drops it. I also and then Beckham gets a twenty-yard catch, and and they add fifteen for the late, right. the terrible late hit, the ridiculous late hit. Yeah, that looked like that was called in by uh, Ward and Stan Kroenke. Yeah, I want an unnecessary roughness. The first time one of my guys get hit. Um, by the way, the the Rams. Can I just say the I don't know why the Rams get three seconds added to the play clock, but they uh, how many times they snap it on uh, triple zeros? Yeah, it was. There was some fishiness going on. They got, I wish New York could call down for that. The other thing, if he caught that pick, yeah, he had a lot of territory in front right. of him. Right. Yeah. I think that was why he got excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was rough. Um, Fantasy texted at one point in the second half when McVeigh just seemed like he was unraveling. McVeigh has Marty Schottenheimer energy. Remember mm-hmm. Schottenheimer on the sidelines of some of That's those funny. Chargers playoff Chiefs right. playoffs losses where mm-hmm. it just seemed like he was like the guy from Scanners. 
That's and funny. McVay did seem like that for, for a while. So I thought that I was like, oh, McVay, then you're Schottenheimer. But then he had some bad calls. Just the fact that they got a field goal at the end there, and not at the very end, but the third and three screen to Sony Michelle. Like, what are some of these plays I'm watching here? Well, if you're a Niners fan, you've 17 7. Basically, you get to 20, you probably win. You couldn't, you couldn't score again after 17 7. Mm-hmm. You blow that second, third, fourth down sequence. You drop a pick. And there was one point, like midway, you realized like Jimmy wasn't going to do anything. I don't right. know if this solves the Jimmy thing or not for people. I still like him. And I think that Rams front line combined with the fact that the offensive line just wasn't doing well. Um, it was a bad situation for him. We've seen him come through in those situations. So I don't yeah. know. Everyone's like, they're going to write him off and I'm sure he's going to get traded now. It does pave the way now for my guy, Tom Brady. And I, and I do to, think this is why. To go to San Francisco? Want to announce, yeah. I think, he, <laughs> I, I think this is why he didn't want to announce the retirement yet because I think he kind of wanted to watch this weekend is my guess. Wow. Would that I still be think worse he's going to retire. What NBC did to Leno with Conan, <laughs> Conan with Leno, would that be worse? I think like, no, you have the job. No, just hang in there. You'll get the job. Uh, no, I think it's because uh, he gets $15 million if he waits a week to announce it. Don't you? Maybe. If he's on the roster February 4th, doesn't he get like $14, 15000000 million? I mean, he's rich. Yeah. But he's no idiot. Yeah. I don't know. I I think he's done in Tampa Bay and I think he's probably going to retire, but would it shock me if he was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers in September? No. But why would you do that? All you have to do is stay away from the West. The AFC, the NFC East sucks. The NFC North sucks. Who the hell is going to win the NFC South if uh, Brady is not the quarterback of Tampa Bay? All you have to do is stay away from the West. You think he's going to, he needs a challenge to go to San Francisco? You could argue there's only one other good team in the West. It's Niners and Rams, but the, from what we saw from the Cardinals, are you still playing? Getting team. fired up for them? Maybe. I don't know. It's tough to be twice in a Seattle's year. Seattle's going to be division. rebuilding. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. So that's your pick right now. If you can find odds on 40. Tampa. No, my, uh, my pick is I think he's going to retire. You do. But I think if he plays again, I think it's for San Francisco. Interesting. If he changes his mind or if he's like, oh, I never thought I was going to do this, but. I think San Francisco makes sense because they mm. can trade Jimmy G. They'll get like a second rounder for him. And then he signs. He does one year. I'm going to finish my career where I grew up in the Bay Area. This is my dream. We had season tickets as a kid. But really, the reason would be this team has a chance to win the Super Bowl. And I know I can win here. And I got yeah. Debo Samuel and George Kittle and all these guys. Are you so, on the uh, the conspiracy wag with the whole, uh, he doesn't like Schefter, he doesn't like the way Schefter handled the flate gate. Someone leak it to Schefter that I'm retiring and uh, and then we'll pull the plug on it, make him look stupid. I don't you, think you he decided, yes. I don't, I love the theory. <laughs> yeah. And I love the anti-ESPN stuff, but I just don't think he had decided yet. He didn't. So where did it come from? I think the Bucks expect him to retire. And probably told people, but I'm not, I don't think it came from Brady's side. Right. Because the right. way it was handled from Brady's side where they, they seemed surprised and they were feuding it. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't like the shenanigans. Let, let, let Aaron Rodgers do this. Right. I, I don't want to hate Brady. Like, like we, everybody hates Rodgers. Just like make a decision. Here's my prediction. I think on Tuesday, mm-hmm. so I'm going to say on Tuesday. He is going to announce that he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. I think there's a 10% chance 
that he announces he's not going to be on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year and he's probably going to retire in a 90% chance. Why Tuesday? Why Taco Tuesday? Of all, I just uh, think on Tuesday he's, he settles all family business. All right. I thought it was like the fourth or something that he had to. Uh, well, he can the say I'm, on the fourth, I'm retired. The Bucks oh, will okay. take care of him. They'll pay him the money. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if you're him, wouldn't it be more fun to play one last year on the Niners? It'd be more fun to play on the Jets and beat Belichick twice. I mean, that would really do the old the man. The Jets. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, <laughs> do it. Aaron, what about Aaron Rodgers in San Francisco? a great game in MetLife. What, what about him going where? Aaron Rodgers in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, right, a, a, a Bay Area guy. I just want it to happen. I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers for the next four months. I know you love the like the basketball stuff or where, where it's a good landing spot for Russ, but like there are when you do look at it, we went over this. Like there are like a dozen teams that could win the Super Bowl with Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers next year, and I'm not including like a, a like the Chiefs or the Chargers or the Bengals, like the teams that have quarterbacks. There are teams like the Raiders and. You know, like um, I don't know it, it, the, the the Titans and the Colts. Like I, I think there were like seven in the AFC and five in the NFC that could really turn around. I mean, the Bengals won four games last year, right? No, Burrow right. was out, but anyone anyone could really do it. And if you look at the personnel around a lot of these teams, it could be done. Well, it seems like Vegas might do something because mm-hmm. they got they they're gonna hire Josh McDaniels. Yep, we'll see if he's good. We'll see if McDaniel's is good. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's. I, I know you want him to fail. I know you want him to fail. All these guys do anyway. The whole the tree, the coaching tree is a disaster. I don't want him to fail, but I don't think Brady's gotten enough credit for, you know, when you're Brady's offensive coordinator, that's a pretty good. Brady place to hasn't be. got enough credit. No, for <laughs> for like the Josh McDaniels thing, where they we saw we saw Josh yeah. McDaniels last year and this year without Tom Brady, and trust me, I was there. I didn't really love it that much but what do you think is going through mcdaniel's head he must be like all right the patriots you know crafts of wink wink promised me this job when belichick steps down but do you think he's looking at it like shit josh allen's in this division uh he's as good as anyone what what the hell am i waiting for if i ever get this job let me take the raiders listen i'm not the only pats fan looking at it this way i know you're all terrible people yeah thank you the fact that nobody has hired Flores yet is getting me more and more excited uh, because if we can get Flores to come back as the coach in waiting, mm-hmm. and get him in for like two years and make him the highest paid assistant coach in the league with the understanding he'll take over. That's the guy I want because I, I think he has a chance to be special. Yeah. And whatever. He made his mistakes in Miami is too abrasive sometimes, whatever the story was. But that guy, the dude's played hard for him and. I just think his next team, he'll he'll learn from whatever mistakes he made in Miami. I cannot believe he didn't get hired yet. Yeah, I well, by far he was the number one candidate. Too abrasive is not going to fly in New England, so he really, <laughs> really better change his tone. Uh, um, did you have any let you want to say goodbye to Tom Brady? Twenty two years. Are you up or down because of Tom Brady financially? I think I caught it. Um, I mean, I was way down, uh, just even, even that Rams Patriots game took me probably three or four years to, to come back from, but, uh, I hit him more times good than I did bad in the, in the past. Although it's like, I will say when you lost to the Titans, I lost a lot of money. Like you lost to the Dolphins, like the, 
the dynasty crushing moments, I was on the losing end of, of all. You have to be up, right? You have to be. I up. think I'm up. I I think that three team tease we had in 2004 when we won like 10 straight weeks of three week teases and then they yeah. lost a Monday night game in Miami. Mm-hmm. That put a dent in it. Um, <laughs> when you could call one game out, you're, you're good. You won Remember how bad we were? I think we were on the phone for like a half hour after that. <laughs> They're up 10 with five minutes left. Still one of my worst What was losses. the Denver one? We needed a two-point conversion out of Gronk. Was that the? Was that an AFC championship game? That was a game? playoff game, yeah. yeah. It was a playoff game against Manning. That yeah, one hurt. I remember losing a lot there. Yeah, that Shit. one hurt. I, I mean, coming back and winning the Falcons game mm-hmm. is still probably the greatest football bet I've ever been on the winning side of. Yeah. On top of it was like my actual team, but to right. be down 25 in a playoff game and win the bet and they covered in OT, which was, what was the line? It was like of three course. and a half. It was three and a half. They won by six. Actually, it was three. I bought it to three and a half with Atlanta and they won by six. Hilarious. He did have a weird thing in playoff games where they would like barely squeak them out in the early, the 1.0 version of Brady in the 0304 range. Remember they would win. They'd always win by three. They won the Super Bowl. Yeah, all the three Super Bowl. Both won by three. three. It was like, yeah, yeah, they never had like, they had Mm -hmm. some decisive uh, playoff games, but for the most part, incredibly reliable in teases, parlays and stuff like that. Um, There was, I think one of my favorite Brady gambling was, remember that the Tebow year when Tebow beat Pittsburgh Yep. And then the next week, the line, I think, was under 10. Mm-hmm. And it was Tebow in New England. And it was like Pats by nine. It was like, oh, my God, this is like the gift from the gods. Yeah, so right, Tebow's right. going to come in and beat Tom Brady. What are we doing? Listen, so th- there's no secret to it. We bet three team teasers. We bet money line parlays. And Brady was uh, a gift. Uh, you know, uh, take those, some of the playoff games aside. But on a uh, week to week basis, that was a gift. The Patriots or Brady. You know, money line or taking seven points off the spread, guaranteed goal, pretty much. Well, you know, the the GOAT stuff, and there was some of it over the weekend and people talking about, this guy's the GOAT, seven rings. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, it's like, it's beyond the seven rings. Like, the, the sheer amount of playoff games that he won, I'm looking at his final. So he was 35 and 12 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's touching that. I don't see that one. Like, do you think Mahomes can get the 35 playoff wins? He'd have to stay healthy for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, think, it's not doable. Yeah. But he had 35 playoff wins, but we also had the buy. Like, what? It, there was at least, I would say, 12 or 13 round ones that we just didn't play wins. in. Oh my God. So th- if you counted the round ones, buys mm-hmm. as wins, now he's at like 47 and 12. Right. So yeah, pretty you know, crazy. Did you talk to Hench about this or did he just bend our ear about it for two and a half hours today? If you split Brady's career, the 22 years and 11 and 11, he's a, he's a hall of famer for the first 11 and a hall of famer for the second 11. Like it's not even close. And who else can you say that about in any sport? I, maybe I think, if, I think Gretzky is the only one, right? Gretzky's like plus minus was like, like minus 69 or something in his last seven or eight years. I think I think you might be able to say it about LeBron. If you split Maybe LeBron, LeBron up. Yeah, even if you did LeBron just the four Cleveland years and these Lakers, well, he'd probably have tough if you did that. But maybe like... It's close. You split it I right mean, in the middle of the Miami. 11? Maybe a yeah. baseball player I'm missing, but uh, uh, probably tennis, right? Serena. There's not too many, though. There's really like not too many that you could do that with. I really wonder what his life's going to be like. 
Jake Paul, maybe. Go ahead. Sorry. What's his life going to be like? What's he? Um, well, his whole life revolves around playing football. All he does is. Yeah. Just I'm shocked create. by this. You and Traeger, you call like I, I thought I. I, I was telling you the, last week. I know, I, I know, but he—I I believe him. I first of all, you should never believe him. He's a liar. He got his, he threw his phone away in the Deflate Gate, so there's that. But he said he's going to play until he's <laughs> you would fifty. Have Why wouldn't he? <laughs> of course. Uh, I don't know. He, just play again. Play another year. Throw for another fifty-three hundred well, yards with forty-three touchdowns. Why not? You leave him. That's on top what I'm of the saying. Game. The Niners are right there. Yeah. His parents are in the Bay Area. Right. Like that, like this, this is where it should end. It should end with the Niners. I don't want him to retire yet. And I do wonder, I think the whole thing's weird. So maybe on Tuesday he retires and that's it. And that would be what I would bet on. But I still think the Niners need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Trey Lance is not going to be ready next year. And he could just come in for one year and take over this awesome Niners team. And that's a great way to go out. And then uh, he could say so he played crazy. at 45. What if he went in there for like a million bucks a year? He was like, you know what? I don't even need, I'll go, I'll play the minimum this year. There'd be a lot of I'll fun. make it back in endorsements. I just wonder what is his life going to be like when 365 days a year, all he did was like get ready to play football. Right? He was he like 5,300 yards. He's not done. He, he shouldn't be done. So Elway did this, but Elway was I mean, pretty kale, banged up. Kale smoothies are gross. And I don't know if you're filling, filling the time with more kale smoothies, not worth it. I was thinking how funny it would be if he's like, thank God I don't have to drink this crap anymore. Yeah. I'm going to do Chick-fil-A and he just gained like 45 pounds. <laughs> he's actually eating Subway sandwiches. It's not just a commercial. Yeah. We saw Brady again six months from now. He looks like early from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> like facial hair. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, take a break and then we'll get to the lines. This episode is brought to you by Robinhood. Is your money striking out when it comes to your financial future? You work hard for your money. Your money should work hard for you. Robinhood pioneered commission-free stock trading over a decade ago, and they continue to offer innovative products to help you maximize your money's potential. With over 23 million funded customers, Robinhood is helping people build a better financial future. With Robinhood, you can run up the score and make investments toward your future goals, like investing for retirement, finally getting those season tickets or visiting every football stadium in the country. As far as long-term investments, it's smart to have a game plan. A small amount invested now could make a big difference 30 years down the road. Up your financial game. Take control of your future with Robinhood. Download the app or visit Robinhood.com slash Bill Simmons. That's me. To learn more, Robinhood.com slash Bill Simmons. Disclosure. Investing involves risk and loss of principal is possible. Returns are not guaranteed. Other fees may apply. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. This episode is brought to you by Taco Bell. If you're anything like me during a busy day at work, I need lunch that is just as fresh as it is delicious and easy. And the all new Cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell is exactly that. Made with high quality ingredients like seasoned slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, Shredded purple cabbage and avocado verde salsa sauce. The new Cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina chicken menu at Taco Bell now. All right, Rams, Bengals. What? Come on. They're going to fix that. They're going to make it Mahomes Rogers. They'll, something will happen in the two weeks, right? 
What do you think this was before the year? Well, I know the Bengals, you can get a 120 to one. Are you talking Bef- about the matchup? Before the year, the Bengals were The preseason to odds were 120 to one for the Bengals. They won four games last year. I th- what was their over under? Seven wins this year? Well, as you know, we both did a bunch of over-unders and props and stuff before yeah. the season. One of my over-under bets was the Bengals would go under <laughs> seven wins. That's an actual bet I made. The Bengals would win less than seven games. Mm-hmm. It now is weird, though. Ball. Like You and I, like so we, we bet a lot. We have money, a lot of money on these dumb games. And because this is one of the few times I was on the Bengals, I got to appreciate them. I feel like yeah. I couldn't appreciate them because in my head, I have to be mad at a team that I bet against the Jets and they lost to the Jets and I have to be mad at a, you know, a, a team that I feel like, oh, they went through a crap division that none of the other quarterbacks in that division, starting quarterbacks, can make it to the finish line. And the one that did, Roethlisberger, was probably the worst of all of them. And uh, I can't respect this team. So I I, I, I wish we could be like the, uh, the Collinsworths and the Romos of the world. We just watch greatness and appreciate it and not have to worry about your bets, but we're not wired like that. But 120 to one would have wired me a whole different way. I bet against them all three rounds and lost <laughs> all three rounds. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you have to pick your horses going into the playoffs. I really yep. like the Niners. I thought it was going to be Chiefs Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not. Super Bowl line. I'm going to guess the Rams by four and a half over the Bengals. What did you have? Let me set the stage because this is the last one. We don't do the Pro Bowl. I mean, we're not really. We don't do the Pro Bowl. We're not true degenerates if we don't do the Pro Bowl. Bill Simmons is up nine weeks to eight weeks to four. I would need this to tie for the season. That's the best I could do. You are saying, what'd you say? Four and a half? I said Rams by four and a half. I put this in the Vegas zone. Mm -hmm. All right. I need a miracle line change on this because I checked it after I guessed. Oh, you after I guessed Rams minus three. Yeah, it's at least Rams four. I still don't know what it is. I haven't seen it. It's four. You got it. Congratulations. I want another year. You want another year. Suck it, Jacoby. (laughs) (laughs) When am I going to get good at this or cheat or something? It was, it opened at three and a half. It went to four and then four and a half. And now it's bounced back down to four. I think that's fair. I think, uh, well, I'm trying to think. So, so where do you think it ends? I think it ends at four and a half. It ends with me losing a lot of money on dumb props. Oh, um, yeah, I think it'll go up a little bit. I don't know what'll happen in the next two weeks. We don't have to worry about any injuries, right? Pretty much. There was nothing to speak of. Um, they're not. Uh, they're they're treating it like it's a home game, though, right? Everything I hear is like, "Well, Rams will be coming home." Like, I don't know about that. Maybe the Forty ers fans won't leave. We're both going, right? I think so. You're gonna go for sure. I'm going. That so we're we're gonna be doing our podcast. I don't even know how many hours after the game ends. I, It'll I be mean, a late screaming night. public address announcer. I just can't take it. That guy's got it. We have to get him. We have to pay for him not to show up somehow. It's so funny you mentioned that. In the back of my head, I was being annoyed by him, but I was so <laughs> focused so on into the, the Niners trying to yeah. will them to somehow make it four quarters. And he was just a bit this annoying background. He's got to go away. Well, let's have him on the podcast next week or something. He's got to, we got to figure something out. For him. I think it's the classic 
there's not enough noise in this building. We need to fill the noise strategy. Yeah. And uh, I've you can never let the big moments die. Imagine yeah. if they did this at baseball games. Uh, that's what's great about playoff baseball, right? Yeah. The shots, the cutaways to the fans, the dugout and everything. Imagine if they filled it with um, sound garden drops. Like I, I, I'd lose my mind. I'm excited to go. Kyle is going to take uh, my Ben Simmons. Really? And we're you got, you have go. tickets already? Yeah. You're going. Nice. I'm going. All um, right. I, I'll, I'll be, I'll have picked the team at that point. I'm probably going to pick the Bengals just yeah. to root for them because they've cost me so much money the last three <laughs> weeks. I might as well, might as well ch- jump on the bandwagon, but I don't know. Um, what was the last one you went to? Last one I uh, did went you go, to. Uh, you didn't go uh, Patriots Rams, did you? No, my last one was um, no. I, after the Pats second Pats Giants, I vowed never to go to another Pats Super Bowl. So was the last one you went to? The last one I went to was the Kaepernick Ravens. I was there with game. you. Yeah, and we shot and we did a bit after. And we did the where, bit where, yeah. where I hugged the losing fans. The yeah. last one I went to had a blackout. Right. And and then literally a blackout with Dave Jacoby at Harris Casino <laughs> Friday and Saturday night before the game. Jacoby <laughs> getting a lot of shots. There's three straight yeah. blackouts. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's a superstar uh, TV star. Yeah, unbelievable. Some yeah. people shouldn't spend more than 48 hours in New Orleans and Dave Jacoby <laughs> is one of them. He's but, amazing um, and would show up with a tie the next day ready to go. Produce whatever at 6 in the morning. Unbelievable willpower by that guy. <laughs> yeah, that was my last one. What was your last one? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I feel like I've been in the city of the Super Bowl and then I go home right before. Yeah, that's what I did when Fox had the Super Bowl Chiefs 49ers. I didn't stay for the game. But uh, I think the last one I attended was the one with you. That one. The second, the second Pats Giants one broke me. And then that was it. Watching the Pats Seahawks a few years later, so mm-hmm. happy I wasn't at the game when it seemed like they were going to lose after that Jermaine Curse play and then the Malcolm Butler play happens. Right. We were together. We were at we watched uh, that our at cousin's Jimmy's. house. Yep, yep. But I was so happy I wasn't there because there's just nothing worse than being there when your team loses the Super Bowl. There might you can't be get nothing, might you be can't nothing get worse than being there, period. Because I don't want to, I want to talk to, are you and Kyle leaving right after this to go to the game? Because you're going <laughs> to have to be traffic. You know how they do, they, they like cattle, you have to get there like two and a half hours before the game and you go through this crazy big um, security line, right? Yeah. And then getting out, like, how are you going to get there? You know, like Segway there? Yeah. How am I going to get there? I don't know. How am I going to get there? <laughs> you better think about that. <laughs> so you don't want me to go. You think I should skip it? I don't know, man. I'm worried for you. Kyle, we're not going. <laughs> get, give Ben the tickets. Kyle ben and his sound, friend. Sound just ruined it. I don't want to go anywhere. I'll delete the whole podcast. <laughs> you Kyle, have a nice TV. You're fine. Kyle texted me today. Where are our seats? I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Your seats are in the living again. room. Every, like they Kyle, are every week. I just something. say, I'm, I, I watch with Corolla and his son, Sonny, is a huge Rams fan. Right. And he's like, what are we doing for the Super Bowl? He says in front of everyone. I'm like, well, you're taking your son to the game. You're at home. The freaking game is seven miles from, you know, your son's favorite team. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Sonny, you're, we're not going to that game. Sonny, you went to Denver with me well, a few months ago. Like, you're good. We're like, what? Denver and the Super Bowl in the same year? No, you can't. You can't do that. You got to stay home, Sonny. So. Sonny, I took you to Sarasota that time when I had that comedy show. 
Come on, I let you sit in my uh, Paul Newman uh, supernova. Come on, what was that? <laughs> what was uh, what was Corolla's big obsession this weekend? Uh, this forty-five minute rant. Mayhem. You know What's that mayhem? guy with the Allstate commercial? Yeah, mayhem. He made everybody look up because I think the guy had like personal problems or drug problems, and he was gone for a couple. He's a guy with the tattered clothes and the Allstate commercial. Screwed up. No, he's happened. he's not the guy. He's Ryan O'Reilly from Oz. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right. Mayhem. Yeah, I had to look. Everybody had to look up what what's <laughs> wrong with Mayhem. What happened to Mayhem? Like, what? I need an answer on Mayhem. So that's Jesus. it. So that's who's invited to the Super Bowl party. <laughs> wow, Mayhem and and Sonny, whose whose hometown <laughs> team is in the Super Bowl. No, sorry, Sonny, you shouldn't have gone to Denver with your dad. <laughs> Well, how do the St. Louis Rams fans feel about this? Do they just like pretend this never happened? They're like the first wife? Yeah. Or well, really, they're the second wife. Is John Hamm a Rams fan? Is, I can't tell. He's Rams, right? Not Chiefs. I thought he was Chiefs. Oh, he's Chiefs? But he was Rams? He was never Rams? Oh, he's okay. not even watching. He's calling all the people on Apple TV trying to yeah, you're talk right. to Tom Hanks. and I can't. I don't want to say anything bad. He has, he, could, he has voting kickout power. And I have a feeling you... you you or I are on the chopping block. I wasn't be funniest. Why are we on the chopping block? I, I just think he thinks out. that'll be funniest. I just think he thinks. I don't know. What's I mean, funny he's a great about guy. that? He's a good, great, the best actor of our generation. I don't want to. I, I fucking love Beirut. I thought that was such a good movie. There you go. See, <laughs> Madman, the best. Uh, <laughs> Everyone buy a Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> it is a uh, time for Parent Corner, and Parent Corner is presented by CarMax. Our listeners oh. know that the folks at CarMax are on a mission to end buyer's remorse with their new Love Your Car Guarantee. It gives you a 24-hour test drive so you can be sure you're in love with your car before you buy. Learn more at CarMax.com. CarMax, car buying reimagined. What'd you do for your son's car, by the way? Uh, you know, I just got a, I went to the Toyota dealership across the street and I was like, just get, get me, I don't even care if anything's safe, just get me, I need something. Because I, it, there are no cars out there. There's zero unless unless you go to CarMax. But you did this. You did that before we knew we were back with CarMax. Just I think know how great that would have been if you'd gone to CarMax because uh, it would have been CarMax car buying reimagined. All right, what do you got for Parent Corner? Story of my life. Um, well, I have to say I'm trying to figure out how I want to set this up, but like, there's very few events that you know you have like traditions in your family, right? Like you open gifts together, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and sometimes you know, Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. I mean, you open Christmas gifts together, Thanksgiving. And I'm trying to think of like the only instances where the family gets together to do things. And it's those two things, opening gifts, Thanksgiving, everything else. I have to scream at the kids like, hey, get down here to eat. Get down here to say hi to this one. Hey, hurry up. Get down here. We're going here. But the only other one that everyone gladly um, assembles in the living room together is the Royal Rumble. Oh. I mean, it's the greatest. And I don't know how you do it or, or if you have a pool. I know you watch. I know you're a big it's fan. It's just me you're and Ben. Guy. We went evens, e odds, evens. Oh, you did odds and evens. Yeah. So there were five of us. Uh, we had our cousin Michael here, who's uh, about seven. And uh, and we so there's five of us. So we each picked six names for the Royal Rumble. I did one yeah. through 30. And you pick six. That's more and, fun because you have to wait. And then like, yeah. somebody terrible runs out like Johnny Knoxville. Oh, it's the greatest. It's the and greatest. You're like, oh, because, that's a loss. Yeah. You look in the ring and like, oh, I have five guys and none of them have a chance to win. Like who, what yeah. the hell, what am I doing with Chad Gable 
and <laughs> Dominic Mysterio <laughs> and freaking Ricochet and Damian so Priest. Funny. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna win. And then, but we're get, we're at each other's throats, and it's like ah, every time someone's thrown over the top rope, it's like the greatest thing. It's like the great. I'm back in high school again, and I can make yeah. fun of kids, and and they're making fun of me. And uh, and our little cousin, our fr- our cousin Mickey's son, uh, Michael, who couldn't care less, had Brock Lesnar who comes in at thirty. Wow. He's in for like three minutes, cleans house, and wins, and he's going crazy. And we created another wrestling fan in him. He couldn't give a crap about this before. So he's and, in. Uh, he's in. You got him in. And the Royal Rumble will do that. I think it's I think it's the great. I don't know. It's one of the. I think it's a top three like sporting event. I really do. I don't know. I'm trying to think like this, this Super Bowl, March Madness and the Royal Rumble. I might put it in the top three. It's terrific. I know. You I remember yeah. when I was in college. My buddy, the Birdman, Mark Thurston. Mm hmm. We had a Royal Rumble party. And it, when did it start? It was like late 80s, somewhere in there. Yeah. So we had a Royal Rumble party and we did it with the numbers, right? So we had mm-hmm. like people like Jacko where had like numbers who didn't know anything. And it was it was just the absolute funniest thing when uh, you know, it'd be like, all right, number 18, I have number 18. And it's like, and it's tugboat. And he'd be like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? And you get so mad. And it's so good. It's like, so it's like fun. Remember the let's make a deal where they'd reveal the prize and it would be like yeah. a, 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 some woman milking a, milking a cow. Like, oh my God, what? That's my guy. Like, yeah, it's terrific. I mean, I, I remember I'd get it like a, a, a white, a, p- a pasty white guy who looked like he weighed 180 pounds carrying an umbrella to the ring. I'm like, that's my guy. What? And it's just, <laughs> we just make fun of it. It's the greatest, the Royal Rumble. And this one wasn't even that great. And it was great. Yeah. Ben <laughs> and I had a bet where it was like, if he won, he won money. And if I won, he had to do all these chores. Right. Oh, all right. And he was going nuts because the odds were just coming through. All the good guys were the odds. Mm-hmm. And the evens were just, it was a slew of like Dominic Mysterio type guys that you just had right. no chance. <laughs> and then, so I was like, 30 is always the best one. I don't know why you're complaining. He was getting mad. He was like punching things. And then we heard the Brock Lesnar guitar. And I was like, oh my God. Right. This is, this but is, thir- is 30 the best one? I feel like 30 doesn't win a lot. I feel like 26. Like yeah, somewhere in 29 or 30, but yeah. you just kind of felt like the winner hadn't come out yet. So right, it started yeah. to feel like it was going to be 30. I, I, I had Omas. Omas. Yeah. And, he should uh, be better. Yeah, I just don't understand why he doesn't come in and destroy everybody. Teach him three moves. Let him let him be as good as just everybody else. Let him else. be like like Diesel was way yeah. back when, where it was like, wh- who is this guy? He seems intimidating, and he didn't really have to wrestle, and he got a huge push anyway. I don't know why yeah, that can't be Omas. He should have eliminated nine guys. And Knoxville, what a, what a disgrace. It lasted like 90 <laughs> seconds. I lost a lot of money on that. <laughs> I thought- I thought he did a good job pretending uh, pretending to actually sell the moves and stuff. Like somebody did jump on him. No, he did. Yeah, he took yeah, a he good was, bump he was to, impressive. The, uh, to the groin. Yeah, he's good. It was good. It was. A, I have no idea why they would have Brock Lesnar lose the main event, but then win the Rumble. So now he's in the WrestleMania main event. Just have him win the main event originally and then have somebody else well, win the Royal prob- Rumble. Well, Bill, he just, I guess he tried harder in the Royal Rumble oh, than is he that did the main event. Yeah. What yeah, are you talking point. about? Have him win. What do you, I don't understand this stuff. Good point. Yeah. Um, That was great. I'm not even doing a parent corner because I felt like we both had that. Really? One. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Royal the Rumble. one I really want to do, I, I just like, I, 
I must want to retire Parent Corner. I can't do any of them anymore. I have like seven good ones for you, but they're all ones I have to this tell you. This is relationship, on the phone. daughter relationship. Yeah, with it's boys. all the yeah. stuff. Son, yeah. like, I guess the one good thing is my son, remember I told you you made those t shirts? Mm-hmm. He decided he wanted t shirts with these different rappers that he loves and he couldn't yeah, find yeah, the right yeah. ones. Oh, so he was wait, like, he you got them. them. Weren't you supposed yeah. to get them this week? Yeah. yeah, they came in the mail. Right. And he, I haven't seen him in the success in a while and he mm-hmm. unveiled them and now he's going to wear them every day for the next four months. And he's like, I'm on the cutting edge. I should sell this. I should start my own store. And he's like, sorry, <laughs> I could I could be a millionaire with these. And, uh, <laughs> or without them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was very focused on, I could, I could go to Fairfax right now and open a store and people would buy these. I'm like, what? You're 14. What? Settle down. Get them a pop-up. Aren't these pop-ups the big things now? Just to, to try it out Maybe. for a weekend. Who cares? I'm going to put Kyle in charge. <laughs> Kyle's like, I need guaranteed Super Bowl tickets before I entertain any of this nonsense. Yeah, Kyle wants to know where you're sitting. What section am I in? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> you're uh, sitting at uh, Ben's pop-up. <laughs> uh, all right. That is it for Parent Corner, brought to you by CarMax. Sometimes buyer's remorse happens, but at CarMax, you're covered after you buy. They'll give you a 30-day money-back guarantee up to 1,500 miles. Learn more at CarMax.com. CarMax car buying reimagined. What are we doing next week? I like, by the way, I like the idea of CarMax executive getting on the phone with Jeff Chow tomorrow. I'm like, hey, uh, Bill says he's thinking of retiring parent cornered. We we just signed up. What is this true? Is this happening? No, I, I need to adopt another kid or start doing that. my yeah. own parents. Right, or right. Or may, maybe... My mom still hasn't talked to me. It's like, oh no, yeah. come on, take yeah. our advice. Now, now it's like, good. now it's like, now it's going to last. I now, got, now, I got about twenty emails on your behalf. Like, hey, tell Bill life's too short. I was like, yeah, I was. That, that's exactly what I was trying to tell him. What do you want? What do you want me to do? I got to bring them drive drive got, to each other's house. My mom won't talk to me. And my dad just got three feet of snow in Boston. Oh and yeah, that's and he's just completely buried under yeah. snow. So that's my parents' situation right now. That's <laughs> my parent corner. Oh wow, uh, what are we? What are we doing for next week? We'll do we'll do some props. You want to do a week from Tuesday? Want to do some yeah, props great. a week from Tuesday instead yeah. of Sunday night? Yeah, let's do that. That's usually when they come out. Is we Media do, Day Monday or Tuesday that week? It's Tuesday. You going to Media Day? No, I don't care. But you, some, sometimes some nonsense comes out of that. But um, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't affect anything. So let's do, maybe we'll do Tuesday. We'll just do like a half hour props instead Love of it. doing this Sunday night. Okay. Yeah. All right. What do you got to plug? Uh, nothing. We have, uh, you know, a uh, Fox bet live is tomorrow. Uh, all your gambling needs are taken care of on extra points.com against all odds. By the way, I, I, I not that this isn't going to ruin anything, but I think Harry is getting engaged on our podcast sometime this week. And it's, I think it's, it's probably the first, we try to figure out the, the first engagement on a sports gambling podcast ever. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? Are you ruining it for the nah, person? She's not going to listen. She, believe it or not. I don't think she listens to it. Is it um, somebody he's met? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's someone he's met. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's been with her for a while and they're in Hawaii and I think he's got a ring and I think he's going to pop the question on. I don't know why he, this is his idea to do it on the podcast. So, I mean, he's a romantic, you know. What is. podcast is this? Which, the Tuesday one? Against a lot. Yeah. So I don't know which day, but all right, we'll get him. Jesus. <laughs> you seem like you're gel. Like, you know, what, what is, uh. I mean, that's, I did, if you told me, we maybe Carmack sort of wanted to get involved. Oh, I see. Yeah. Would have driven <laughs> driven the ring over to wherever he's popping so, the question. Someone would have run him over. <laughs> so are there going to be little Harry's? Like what, what, what are we oh, looking down the road? Oh, I didn't even think of that. No. 
What does Brad Mulcahy think about this? <laughs> we should have him on to comment about that. He slept a good two and a half hours today. There's two playoff <laughs> games left. He slept in and then woke up and ate like a, a whole can of Pringles. It's a really He's, long season. You can't yeah, blame him. That's true. <laughs> All right, Sal. As always, uh, good job by you. Good job by you, you uh, A week from Tuesday. All right. Let's do it. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. This is a show about sports and culture opinions. But right now, I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats. Honey Stinger, sports nutrition, trusted by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is... The one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. This episode is brought to you by Peloton. Spring, the best time of the year to dial your fitness routine up a notch. You know it's going to happen. It's going to get warm. going to start wearing shorts. going to start wearing bathing suits. You're, just, you're not going to be able to cover up behind those big coats anymore. Also. It's nice outside. Get outside, do stuff. Or if you don't have time to get outside, I got Peloton for you. Whether you have five or 60 minutes, Peloton's workouts were made to challenge you. Classes like boot camps, full body strength, boxing, marathon training are created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in and you won't feel bad about not being outside. Peloton's expert coaches, challenging classes, and nonstop vibes will keep you coming back for more. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. All right, Kevin O'Connor is here. We have the trade deadline coming up in about 11 days. You have a pretty Euro beard. I got to say, you look like uh, <laughs> like you're from Latvia. You're like a 13th man on the Cavs. I like it. Yeah, just got a, just got a recent haircut, recent trim. It was getting a little too crazy, getting a little too, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't go with the full grizzly look, bear look like I had a couple of years ago. It's too much, Bill. <laughs> I wasn't going down that path again. <laughs> Might have to send you the Miami Vice beer trimmer razor from the 80s, see if you can get that nice and tight. KOC and I are going to play a little game called uh, Panic Teams at the NBA trade deadline, but that's not the game. The game will be called the Panic Team Draft. We're going to draft teams, go back and forth on who we think is the most panicked right now as we head into the last week and a half of the deadline. KOC, you're the guest. You can go first. It's the Wizards. 10 and 3 start bill, 13 and 23 cents, bottom 10 offense, bottom 10 defense. And like with them, when I think about like panic for the Wizards, it's they're not panicking because they just need to make a trade. They're panicking because it's unclear of what they should actually do. You have Bradley Beal, who is struggling this season compared to what he did the last two years, months away from being able to sign a super max and free agency. They have few players on their roster of significant trade value. They can't trade a first round pick until 2028 since they owe a protected one to OKC. And that doesn't Oof. convey until 2023 at the earliest or until 2026 at the latest. And with Beal this season, averaging 23 points on 19 shots, only 30% from three. He's not a natural point guard. He dribbles, dribbles, dribbles into nothing way too often, plays crappy defense, not a natural leader. The team sucks. And to stay, 
He wants $235 million over five years, $47 million annually. Are the Wizards sure, totally sure they want to give Beal that money? Is Beal totally sure that he wants to stay rather than take a four-year max deal somewhere else? Because I don't know, man. I don't know the answer to either of those questions, but I do know if I'm a Wizards fan right now, I'm just, I'm feeling totally lost at this point. Joe House, resident Wizards fan on this podcast and in my life, he's been kind of out on Beal for a while. A long time. Basically saying second banana. He's not an alpha. He's not a leader. Why would I give him the super max when he can't even be the best part of his own team? The season has borne that out. And Beal's been, for him, not good. I, I think people in their heads think he's like a 50, 40, 90 guy, and he's not even close. They've blown some games. I don't like the whole him acting like it's it's Washington's privilege to pay him 250 million. Basically, they're going to have to show me or you're going to all that stuff. It's like, how about, you know, you made what do you made round two once with John Wall, right? Against Celtics. That was yeah. the one time they ever had any sort of run. He's been in the league a while. He's still like younger than you think. It feels like he's, you know, been in the league for a decade and he's still somehow like 26, 27. But I, I'm looking at it like, is this a Ben Simmons team? And is this a Golden State goes all in team. I don't think so with Golden State because of the tax and they're already so far above it. And I think they like the team they have. But when you start thinking about Simmons and Philly and the window with Embiid and Brooklyn coming down hard on this Harden thing, Beal Simmons as the framework of something, I think it's interesting. I, I'm more bullish on it than I was three weeks ago. What about you? It's definitely interesting. Um, I mean, I think from Washington's perspective, you you extend the life of a star uh, if you get Ben Simmons back for Bradley Beal, and that that has inherent value in doing that um, under contract I mean, for yeah, four years, contract. right? Yeah. Exactly. So I mean you you continue you continue having like a star presence on your team. Maybe you you recalibrate and build around him. You might get a high draft pick still anyway. Right. You could miss out, slide out of the playoffs even more in the uh, two, three weeks of a ramp up. Ben Simmons is going to need to get back on the court. You know, you could lose some more games. It could be a value for you. But even then, though, how much else is Philly going to give up in that situation? Like we know Philly would give a lot more with Ben Simmons to get James Harden. Harden, you know, would want to go there, like more get more likely to sign long term with Philly and Beal. I don't know if that guarantee is necessarily there because that's the fear for Washington. It, it, like, yeah, you're right. Beal wants the Supermax, just like Kemba Walker wanted the Supermax when he was leaving Charlotte. That turns into a sign and trade. And mm. I, that, that's the fear I have for the Wizards because who, who's going to trade for Beal now no, with, with the uncertainty moving forward? There's not a lot of teams that would feel comfortable doing that. And right. if he goes to restricted free agency, or rather unrestricted free agency with his player option for next season, he can go anywhere he wants to, as we saw Jimmy Butler do, with getting to the Miami Heat for the sign and trade for Josh Richardson going back to the Sixers. So more, you know, potential situations and opportunities pop up for Beal if he drags this into the summer. Whereas for Washington, that hurts their leverage a lot. And then maybe you're ending up with like, I don't know, like Fournier and Burks and a first round pick and a sign and trade for Beal or Oof. Horford and Langford plus a first from the Celtics. Like that's, that's what it could turn into. And that, and that's a worst case scenario for Washington, unless the actual worst case scenario is giving him the five year supermax deal. Cause that might not be the path you want to go down either. I wonder if Washington said to Philly, yeah, we'll talk Bill Simmons. You got to take Bertans. He's got to <laughs> be in the deal and you can give us Danny greens expiring back or however you want to make it work. But if you're getting Beal, take Bertans too. 
And then if I'm Daryl, I'm looking at it thinking, well, Embiid, I want to surround him by shooter or with shooters. Bertans was a dead eye shooter two years ago. Not sure what happened once he got paid, but maybe on our team. And, and then you start talking yourself into it. I think there's something there with Bill Simmons. No inside info. Just I think it's something that's logical, especially with the way Brooklyn, and I think we both have a lot of the same intel. Brooklyn has really cracked down on this Harden thing. They're like, look, we're not helping this happen. We want James to be here. This is how we want it to play out. So enough with the, and there, there's a lot of like behind the scenes maneuvering and finger pointing about how some of this stuff has come out. But I think Brooklyn is pretty emboldened on the FU stance with the Simmons Harden trade is my take. <laughs> Under Understandably so. And if that's the case for Philadelphia, you do wonder how soon this turns to Bradley Beal as, as the next target. It's Damian Lillard, and then it's James Harden. Does it soon become Bradley Beal? Is that is that what it's going to be this week? And, and ultimately, though, like everything that you hear about the Wizards with the people you talk to around the league is that Beal would like to stay and sign the Supermax and that the Wizards are shopping. Sure others. You, I mean, you, you hear, a, yeah, definitely. No doubt about that. You hear a ton about Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, even he just the other day was saying like he wanted to be the leader early in the year and was told to stop. And there's been a lot of talk recently. I believe I said on the mismatch last week, like he's the guy that could be on the way. Teammates don't love him there. So, but like, what are you going to get back for Spencer Dinwiddie? What are you going to get back for some of these guys? Daniel Gafford's out of the rotation now because Thomas Bryant's back. The team just, I just don't know what you can do to properly build around Bradley Beal as the second best player on your team. How do you get to that point where it's hard enough to find any star of Beal's caliber, never mind somebody better that puts him into the idealized role for him? It's hard to do. That's why I think trading Beal, if it's there, that's the path to go. I don't, to me, I don't see Beal any higher or lower than Sabonis. So that's another trade that I think I would think about if I was both teams, actually. Because I think they're around the same. I don't think either of them is a top 25 guy, but if you're going to expand the list to top 40, top 45, they're in there. There's one more fun thing about a Beal Simmons thing. What's Mark? You, you've gotten to know Joe House over the last six years. I kind of foist them on everyone that works for us. <laughs> um, you've, you've got, you've, you're on text with him. You've gotten a feel for his yep, personality. Yep, yep. What's more fun than the thought of Ben Simmons on Joe House's team? <laughs> <laughs> From be, a comedy standpoint, what's going to be better the, than that? Nothing. The, 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 the text would be amazing. It would be incredible. I can't wait. I can't wait. I think knowing House as I have for 34 years and counting, he'll throw himself into Simmons initially and pretty quickly turn on him. That's how it's going to go. All right. I am now up with the second pick in the panic trade deadline draft. I'm glad they're still on the board. There's no way they're getting a number three. They have lost at the time of this taping six in a row, including one by, I'm doing some math. Ooh, 53 points. That's a tough loss. (laughs) <laughs> the Sacramento Kings. I watched them. I don't know why the team was constructed the way it is. They have too many point guards. They have guys that don't really make sense. They have a team that doesn't seem like it loves playing with each other half the time. Clearly needs some sort of a move. I think the Vultures have been circling them for two months. I think everybody's trying to steal Halliburton from them. I think they're smart enough to steer people toward Fox while claiming they don't want to trade Fox. I, that that's my first thing with them. And you can answer this. Is Fox even a trade asset at that contract where you're paying somebody, you know, not max, but under the max, but still big money to basically be a bottom half of the league starting point guard. I, and I'm throwing away the stats. I just don't think 
if he's your point guard, that for that money, that means he has to be one of your three best players. And if he's one of your three best players, I think you're 500 or worse. What do you think? I think with Fox, it's similar to the names we just mentioned, you know, about the Wizards. It's like a Sabonis type or, or maybe uh, like a, even a Brandon Ingram as a surprise name, something like that. Mm. Uh, it, I mean, you could also go the other way and say maybe Sacramento should trade Fox for like multiple pieces and multiple picks rather than the one big name player like a Ben Simmons. Because for a long time, that's what it was. Everybody's talking Fox for Simmons and you get the Woj report saying they've pulled out. They don't feel like it's realistic to get Ben Simmons. Are you, are you buying that? Do, or do you think like they could easily just, you know, slide right back into the, the Simmons sweepstakes? I am way more down on Fox as a trade asset than others. Like, I don't think it, In other words, Fox can't even get them into it. Yeah, like you, you're saying they're going to get picks for him. I don't see it. I think, you know, Ingram, Sabonis, Beal, I think he's a level below that with the contract. I, 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 I agree with you for what it's worth. I do. So that. like, like yeah. the Celtics. If you if I wake up tomorrow and it's like we've traded Marcus Smart, Jason Richardson, and Aaron Neesmith for De'Aaron Fox, I would like flip out. I'd be like, "What are we doing? Why are we I doing love that?" The, I love the Jason Richardson shout out. Oh jo yeah, jo uh, Josh Richardson. <laughs> My dad calls him Jason Richardson, and now I'm doing it. He's it's, 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 rub, it's rubbing off. <laughs> so I do think though they should trade. They should uh, try to trade Fox if they can. The Knicks, who will be coming up in this draft, are another panic trade candidate who need, you know, I could see them trying to move on Fox, but you go around the league and it's shocking how many teams are happy with their point guard, you know? And, and I think that's the biggest problem when you're trying to trade somebody like Fox is like, here's a guy who's making big money at the most stacked position in the league. Like Dallas, everybody seems to think they're going to trade Jalen Brunson or they might. And if I could have Jalen Brunson for what he's making this year. And then I can sign him to like a four for 60 or four for 70. I'd much rather have that than De'Aaron Fox for like 35 million a year. So I, I think they're a little handcuffed because everyone's just coming for them for Halliburton. And I think they're smart enough to realize we shouldn't trade this guy. If this many people are asking about him, I wouldn't trade him. Would you? I would not trade Halliburton. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I would not feel good about even trading him for Ben Simmons for that matter. Me, me too. I, I, I just wouldn't feel good about that. I think Halliburton's one of those guys who has all the winning qualities you look for. I mean, you see him taking some of those sidestep three-pointers that he's been hitting the last month or so, especially over the weekend. Like this guy is showing flashes of being more than just a, a good defender, a good passer, a good spot-up shooter. He's showing the flashes of a guy who can generate a shot for you at the end of the clock. Like one of the best players on your team. And with Fox, look, Fox is a good player. And I believe we've talked about him before is like we neither of us love him as a player, um, but he's a good player. I mean, like if you're if you're getting creative here for Sacramento, when you're panicking, you don't feel good about what you have. What What is it that you might be looking for here? Because like I'm thinking about like the teams that might need a point guard. Could it be like maybe New Orleans, somebody mm. like that? Like what more are you giving with De'Aaron Fox to get Brandon Ingram? Like how much more does it take to close that gap? That's the type of stuff that I'm thinking about if I'm a Kings fan. Like, how can we tr trade De'Aaron Fox into something better that fits this team? Fox reminds me of a super rich man's version of my issue with Dennis Smith Jr. when he was on Dallas and everybody was telling me he was an asset. So he's averaging 21 and five this year, right? I think there's a lot of guys in the league. I call this the Jeremy Grant role. Like, if you're going to get the minutes and the possessions and the shots, there's a lot of guys who I think can get to 20 points a game. He's shooting 24.8% from three. 
when you mm-hmm. watch him at the end of the games, I never like the decisions that he makes. You know, and I, I think if your point guard can't shoot, you just become way easier to stop. So I'm like, like, let me ask you this. If they went, let's say they wanted to just get out of the contract because they're going nowhere anyway. And they go to Houston and they say, Fox, John Wall, give us Shengun, give us some sort of pick swap, you know, next four years, something like that, or one of those Brooklyn picks. And they basically just like, here, take De'Aaron Fox. He's a good point guard. You'll like him. You don't really have a point guard, but really it's a way just to get out of that contract for overpaying for it. I think they like Fox more than that, but I would honestly be thinking about stuff like that with him. I mean, that's similar to what I was suggesting, I think, with like player pick combination. So like rather than the one big name, not Sabonis, not Simmons, it's like a salary filler in return with the pick or a young player. I I think almost like like taking back a mistake or a semi mistake with the picks, you know? Well, I mean, like, the thing is, is like everything we're saying here, you don't want to do that deal. Like you don't feel good about doing that deal if you if it comes to that. And right. like the Kings have a lack of options. That, that's the way I feel about both of these teams we've talked about. The Wizards, there's really a lack of teams that would feel great about dealing for Beal. Same thing with Fox. For different types of reasons, like Fox already has the contract, Beal wants the contract. Yeah. But like with either of those guys at a stacked position uh, for like that size player, a point guard, a shooting guard player, I, I just don't know how many teams out there would feel good about trading for either of them right now. And that might just keep them in the situations that they're in because you don't feel good about anything. For the people listening, Fox is 28.1 this year, 30.3, 32.6, 34.8, and then 37.1 in 2025-26. That's rough. Sacramento, uh, I I think Barnes is, I think they should have traded Barnes a year ago. I think they would have gotten more for him. But, you know, it's no secret Philly wants to get off Harris. And I'm wondering if you're Sacramento and you're in no man's land and you can't really tank because you have too many guys, you know, who are, who you're not in the situation like that Houston's in, for example. Do you go the other way and maybe go Barnes and Bagley as an expiring for Tobias? And then if you're Philly, you know that a year from now you're paying Barnes 24 instead of Harris 38. And that gets you a little closer to opening up room for Harden, especially because you can probably flip Barnes this summer. No. Yes. So maybe. in that, well, in that case, what else is Sacramento getting here? They're just get, they're getting, they're getting Harris. I getting Harris. That's it. Just, just Harris. I they're like, Harris a good player. That, 20 points yeah, a, a game. Player, but- but also, like he's a long-term salary, I, I'd I'd want more back. They're in that screwed case anyway. If I'm, if they, I'm the they, Kings, well, you might as well pay Fox and <laughs> Fox and Harris seventy-three I, I million a year. That, I want more than that if I'm the Kings. I know what the I know what the Sixers are angling for here. They can give out more. Give me more than that, Daryl. All right, come on. All right, get some picks yeah. too. All right, yeah, third yeah, pick, you're up. Uh, how are they still on the board? The Los Angeles Lakers. Wow, team everybody's panic about right now. Twenty-four and twenty-seven, and so you know, I I was watching them. Is Frank Vogel trying to lose his job? Like sometimes that just comes to my mind watching him. It starts DJ and Wayne Ellington the other night. Can he you blame him? On, I mean, he insists on starting Avery Bradley every game. He plays 20 minutes every night. Bradley can't stop anybody anymore. He's nowhere near what he was in his prime, which is a shame to say. I used to like watching Avery Bradley. I know. A lot of, lot and, of hits. And they, I, I just, again, with the Lakers, some of the lineup choices, I also, like you said, can you blame him? What options does he really have? Um, but playing Austin Reeves more than Avery Bradley on a nightly basis would be nice. Not starting DeAndre Jordan would be great. Uh, not playing Wayne Ellington at the three would be a start as well. So with this Lakers team, though, again, 
I just don't know what the moves are. You can't trade. You can only trade one first, not until 2027. Where are the moves that are available for the Lakers? I don't know. I don't know what the options are here for them, but I am panicked because the team does need changes. Did you love when they gave Westbrook the <laughs> let's scratch LeBron NAD and let Russ cook and see if it improves his trade value <laughs> game the other day? I, I love that. You, you, you think that's what it was there, Bill? Oh, Improving yeah. his value for, for who? Like the, for, for which team? I, I, not, don't, not, I don't know who, who would even be watching. By the way, uh, I was listening to Zach's podcast with Bobby Marks. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Zach. He's got some yeah. family stuff going on. Hope everything's better Zach, on that sure. front. They were talking about the Lakers are offering Taylor Horton Tucker in the 2027 first round pick. And they were, they were like, this needs a name, this pick. I was thinking it should be called the THT 2027 because it sounds like a pill or it sounds like, like an erectile drug or something <laughs> like I took the THT 2027. I feel much better. That's what they're offering around. I'm kind of, I, one of them said this and I think I agree. I'm, not against the 2027 Lakers pick. Like I wouldn't like just dismiss that, you know, Davis will be 34 at that point. Who even knows who's going to be on that team? I, I do think that isn't the worst thing. I just don't like THT, but you know, if, if I had somebody, you know, like, let's say they offered that to the Celtics for Marcus smart. I wouldn't do it, but I'd at least have like a meeting about it. You know? So I don't think that offers nothing other than that. Like you said, what are their moves? Because unless the Knicks talk themselves into Westbrook as a way to dump some of the free agent mistakes they've made over the last two years, I don't see a path for them to trade Westbrook. Houston's not going to take them. That's stupid. They're trying to tank. Unless they get that 2027 first. Stein reported that they would love to take Westbrook in that pick for Wall. Unless that is the move. Yeah, but if I'm the Lakers, why am I doing that? That's not helping me close. I, I'm a, they're a nine seed right now. I don't. I, don't, I think it'd be far fetched for them to win the title anyway. You, you you're know? only doing that if the intel is so strong and so reliable from Clutch, who your your interests are aligned. Oh, Clutch. definitely can trust Clutch. <laughs> <laughs> They've been so trustworthy. <laughs> If if it seems like Wall could be the better fit than Westbrook, then maybe you do that. But even then, you gave up so much to get Russ, and then you'd be giving up a 2027 first, which you're right about that. That first could have value. We don't know what who's going to be on this team at that point. Luca could be on the team at that point, for all we know. Oh, my God. You like, have no idea. We don't know. So well, like, they could be a championship contender led by Luca and Zion. I have no idea. It's unpredictable at this point, but they could also suck. And well, I LeBron, think there's definitely LeBron value has, there. LeBron has a knee thing now. Yes. He's been a little quiet on this. He's missed a couple games. He's old. This is what happens with old people who play basketball. We saw this is what killed Jordan on the Wizards. This is what killed Kobe down the, the stretch with the Lakers the last few years there. His knee started to go on him. This is what happens with old guys who played a lot of minutes. You know, he's over 60,000. And they had to put a lot of minutes on him just to kind of stay in the top 10 in the West you know, and maybe they put too many on him. I would not, if it's wall for Westbrook and the 2027 first, I'm not doing that. Plus we have no idea if wall can even play off the ball as a point guard. I would be more focused on what can I get from the Knicks? And then if I'm the Knicks who you took the Lakers, I'm taking the Knicks in the four spot in our panic draft. They got to do something. Isn't Westbrook kind of an interesting move for them. I know the Knicks fans are pouring no. gasoline on themselves right now. No, 
Bring him in. He'll get some stats. <laughs> no. He'll re-energize MSG. It's better than what we've seen. Him and Randall no. pick and rolls. No, no, I'm not that panic with the Knicks right now. Okay, I'm fe- I'm feeling calm because RJ Barrett has, look- has looked really good this past month, and with New York, I- I'm mostly concerned with the development of their younger guys, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin. Emmanuel quickly, and of course, RJ, 23 points this last month, 40% from three, over six free throw attempts per game, good defense. It's one of his best stretches of his entire career. And I think despite the fact like Evan Fournier is underwhelming, Kemba, Julius Randle looks like the former guy before he signed this max contract last season when he was rightfully all NBA, he does not look the same. But the youth is what matters. And I think with New York, some of these other pieces, these bad Bad contracts are really just placeholders for potential sign and trades in the years mm. to come. And yeah, I but know, that, like but that, Westbrook, you know, Westbrook expires next year, so you could argue that's an even better placeholder because it, it's this giant expiring. And may, maybe that, like that, could be the logic in doing it, where it's like, okay, we get this fun guy here for a year. Um, fun, and then, fun, and, fun with an asterisk. Yeah, yeah, like, quote unquote fun. <laughs> fun for a little while. The idea is fun, but in, in theory, you're really just going to be face palming a lot as you watch him play and brick shots off the glass. But with like, he, he does expire. You're right in 2023. So maybe if you're the next, you open up a whole bunch of cap space instead and you, and you roll those dice again and hope somebody wants to come to your team. And maybe 2023 would be better timing than it was when they tried it with Katie and Kyrie because now RJ Barrett looks better and some of these other young players could look more appealing uh, to share the court with to a star. Well, I hadn't seriously thought about it until Bobby Marks brought it up on that jackpot I was listening to and I almost drove into a car. I was driving. <laughs> because I was like, first, I was incredibly jealous. I hadn't thought of it. And then second, I, I started talking myself into it. I see who's making the case. I was like, yeah, all right. You, if you're the Lakers, you're getting multiple guys who might be able to help. And more importantly, you're getting off Russ. And then who were the names the Knicks, you mentioned? Like, like Fournier, Randall, yeah, like that like type a, of thing? Like a, like a Fournier, Kemba, Burks. Those three. That's Oof. it. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, you traded like Kuzma, said goodbye to Caruso. Yeah. Damn. Well, you're and admitting you made shit. a mistake. Sometimes yeah. in life you yeah. make mistakes. <laughs> but but see, this is my thing. Like, this is my thing. And and like with Russ, can't why is it so unreasonable to expect him to change though? Like, isn't isn't that your best bet? Isn't that a better bet than getting Kemba and Alec Burks that Russell Westbrook takes like five shots per game in the playoffs and puts his whole heart into defense and screening and cutting and just he shooting hasn't played defense threes. in like five years. I, I know. He can't really like, shoot why can't, he st- why can't he start? Why can't he start again? Like, why can't he change who he is? I, I just, I don't, I, I know it's so unrealistic. When, when my wife decides my son's finally getting in, he cleaned his room yesterday. And, <laughs> and then like a week later, you go in there and it's like a, a bomb went off in there. Um, <laughs> You know, with the other interesting thing with the Knicks fans, they're they're really surly about Randall. I have a few Knicks fans in my life, and it's not just that he's oh, yeah. re- regressed to like Randall from three years ago, but the body language, like the the non leader stuff, and um, they just don't like watching him, and they don't like the way he's acted and carried himself. And I, they can't trade him till when? Because they gave him the extension. When is he even I, eligible I th- to I be think, traded? I think, it, I think it's like a week before the deadline. He's eligible, right? I believe I believe it's like February second, oh. third. That's the date. Well, he reverted back. I don't, I don't know what happened to him last year. 
I believed, as did you. It seemed like something clicked, and now it's unclicked. Who do you have with the fifth pick? Uh, fifth pick in our panic draft, the Utah Jazz, uh, 4-12 and 12 in 2022. Uh, they have, I mean, Quinn Snyder said it the other, other day. He had a pretty good quote talking about their small ball lineups. He says, we're 30th when we're small, and we're first when we have a center. And, and I mean, it's kind of true because like this, this team is just, we have seen this past month how horrible this team is without Rudy Gobert. Um, and like when you remove that center from this team, they just have nobody else that can stop the ball on the perimeter. And if Gobert, even if he is on the court, we saw what happened with the Clippers last year when teams space him out and take them out of their typical pick and roll defense where Gobert's near the paint. And you look at this team, they, they've been so close for years in terms of getting to the third round in the NBA playoffs. But now it's at a point, and like, unfortunately, Joe Ingles, even before what looked like a serious injury on Sunday, we don't know what happened yet. That, as yeah, recording, that's, it looks, it, I mean, he's out a long like, time. That, that, that looked, looked horrible. Yeah. 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 And um, like, he was not good before that. He looked like a total shell of his former self, which is unfortunate to say after he was so good for so long with the Jazz. But that speaks to where they are right now with their perimeter defense. Jordan Clarkson can't stop anybody. Mike Conley hustles, you know, Daniel House signed a 10-day contract. He's looked pretty good. Royce O'Neal is solid. But other than that, the effort or the ability just isn't there in the perimeter. And I, unless the Jazz can find something on the trade market, a la Josh Richardson from Boston, somebody like that I've heard they have interest in, but that was prior to the Ingles injury. Um, I just, like, the, for the Utah Jazz, they got to find somebody who can be a stopper on the perimeter. Jeremy Grant, maybe from Detroit, um, put some, together some assets for that, but they have to make changes or else this team is going to just be a complete pretender again, except even worse than the, than the past. I think I was at the fork in the road game for them, that Clippers game last summer. And that was why I was down on them this year. I thought that was, that felt like some sort of moment. And, uh, and now I think you mentioned how Ingles had looked old even before he got hurt. I was thinking like when they call boxers, when they say he's an old 33, when you're a boxer, or old 31 means you've been fighting since you're like 15. I, I'm starting to think Australians might be like that. Joe Ingles 33, but he's Australian. <laughs> it's an old 33. We don't know what's going on. Physical Australian pickup basketball is probably putting a lot of miles on him, but I'm with De- you. Della De- De- yeah. winning championships out of the league before we a- know it. Andrew Bogut just gone <laughs> at like age 32. Um, yeah, so there was some Clarkson buzz with them too that they were kind of quietly figuring out what he was worth out there. And they they definitely seemed like everybody on this team was available except for the top four, Gobert, Mitchell, Conley, Bogdanovich. I think everybody else was gettable. But now with Ingles out, now ironically, he's an expiring contract. So, you you know, in a weird way, he's, now he just becomes this vessel used to get somebody else. But could this be the place that the Celtics dump Jason Richardson or Josh Richardson? <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And maybe you get something back. In addition yeah, maybe to you that. get like, maybe, a, like a late first that they could take yeah, a guy so who will never play. Some protected late first. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Exactly. So, something that could be combined in other deals to get, get yeah. you a good return for your Celtics there, Bill. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the options are for Utah. There's there's not a lot out there in terms of wing defense because everybody wants wings who can shoot threes and get stops. Everybody wants them. I'm already dreading the Donovan Mitchell starting to get itchy stories. And by the way, Danny Ainge, I was watching them the other day and there was some terrible call that went against the Jazz and they're cutting to somebody yelling. And in the background, you can see Danny Ainge wearing a mask, like very, very upset about the call. How about that? 
that he he pulls with the Celtics the whole, yeah, I'm done. I'm just worn out. I'm done. I'm retiring. And all of us are like, his buddy's buying the Jazz. He's going to go work for the Jazz. Like, oh, I'm done. It would honestly be like if Joe House bought the Jazz. And I'm like, I, I leave Spotify. I'm like, I'm done. I'm washed up. I got nothing left. And they're like, all right, good to see you. And then eight months later, I'm working for the Jazz. That's That was Danny Ainge. And I, if I'm the Celtics, I'm upset about it. Because I think they did them a solid. They hired a son. You know, I, I think they took care of him. And, uh, and now all of a sudden he's on the Jazz kind of weird they should they should give us joe ingles in a first round pick for richardson to make up for it B besides the celtics or a team in los angeles which team would you most want to run oh that's a great question kfc i'd want one of the needier franchises where if you came through for them they'd really appreciate you hmm. right so let's see what will you go i'm gonna think what, what would be your dream team Besides L.A. or Boston? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Who's needy? Who's looking needy? What, what, fans, what fans would be super grateful? I look at it like whenever I would pick, you know, teams in franchise mode and Madden or 2K, it was always, it was always the, about the team that would be a fun project to make mm. it work. I think Portland would be a lot of fun to me. Oklahoma City with all their picks. Just imagine how what a good time you could have with all of those picks. You could get any player you want that's available on the market. That would be get a good live, time to run the, the Thunder. Live, do you have to live there? What was that? Do you have to live there if you run OKC? Or do you just, <laughs> well, do it by remote Zoom? work. Remote work <laughs> is pretty great these days. Oh, I got one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be on the road a lot scouting college. <laughs> I was I wrote a column like 15 years ago about how I wanted to take over the Bucks because I like Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. I think the Bucks will be good. You get Giannis for the next ten years. I know. I know their GM is. So you wanted Minnesota. a needy team, though, Bill. They, 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 well, they, they Minnesota have won the title. Minnesota okay, would be Minnesota. the one because needy franchise, and you get Anthony Edwards, who's just an absolute delight. Oh yeah, I just absolutely love. I saw him on one of the NBA shows this week. Just a delight. Great interview. Like watching him play. Irrational confidence guy. Backs it up. Um, I'd love, right. I'd, I'd, most I'd most love, love to run the Knicks, though. The Knicks would be number one. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be amazing. But do you have to work yeah. for Dolan? Yeah, sure. He, he lets, <laughs> right, right or wrong, uh, he lets his front offices do what they want for the most part. That's how some of the Phil Jackson mistakes happen. That's yeah, how that's like, it's fair. become Team CAA with the Unrose. I mean, he lets them do what they want. I'd want that freedom from an owner. That's fair. Um. Last pick of the draft. I'm taking the Celtics. I tweeted this on Friday night that they're basically 500 since the playoffs started in the bubble, but they're 500 in a crazy way. We're in the playoffs. They're 11-11. Last year, they went 36 and 36. And yesterday, until the, when they beat New Orleans, this changed, but they were 25 and 25. So it was like the definition of mediocrity for almost 300 games uh, or 150 games. Um Tatum Brown thing, who knows? Everybody says, no, no, no. And, and I'm good with it on the, on the same time. Um, who knows? We've learned never to rule anything out in sports. Um, my guess would be Marcus is a more likely one if they're going to break the team up. They might try to do stuff around the fringes with the Richardson contract, which goes to next year. Schroeder there is clearly going to get traded at some point. And then Time Lord, who knows? But I know they can't be happy with the nucleus as is. So what do you think? 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, with with Boston, I'm keeping Tatum and Brown together. Who knows, as you said. Um, but I'd love to keep those guys together, at least for one more calendar year. Yes. Until maybe next year's deadline or next offseason. One more year with those two and, and see how you can figure it out around them. Um, I mean, to me with Boston, I, I think a lot of their potential changes could happen over the summer when you have some non-guaranteed deals or upcoming expiring contracts that that could be the time for them to strike uh, with something that actually makes notable change for the team. Because right now with the state of the trade market, I'm I'm curious, like what you're hearing in terms of like, how do you think there's going to be a lot of impactful movement, like needle moving trades that happen? Because at the moment, it's, it's really unclear for me when I'm thinking about these teams with what the the good options are. I just don't see a lot of great options out there for a team like the Celtics to move Marcus Smart. I think Indiana is going to absolutely do stuff. We didn't mention them as a panic team because they're in a good spot. They're, yeah, they they're suck. not really panic. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be like a bottom seven team. They know they have to trade Sabonis and probably Turner. I, to me, Brunson is the most interesting piece out there from an asset standpoint, because yeah. I don't even know how to properly quantify the asset, right? This year he's making 1.8, but he's an unrestricted free agent because of this deal he signed. They have the ability, I think, to sign him for like four for 55, but other teams, if they sign him and if they maneuver their cap and their tax correctly, they could pay him more than the four for 55. And I think there are teams that like him and think if this guy was an actual run the team point guard on my team, he might blossom. And he looked really interesting when Luca wasn't in there. You know, so if you're the Knicks, you're the Celtics, a couple of these other teams. And that's the thing with Brown and Tatum. And I've said this before, like, I just want to see them with a point guard who knows how to actually run a team before I decide they can't play together. Because And there was a story this weekend about Marcus Smart takes umbrage when people say he's not a true point guard. Marcus, we love you. You're not a point guard. You're just not. <laughs> Sorry. You're not. You don't know how to run a team. You just don't. So. Brunson, I think, has that. I think he has the DNA, and I, I think he's a really intriguing asset. I don't know if the Celtics are the team that have this stuff to give back, but I'm assuming you would have to take back at least one contract, you know, whether, whether it's Kleber or Powell, I don't know. Um, I don't even really know what Dallas would be looking for, but it doesn't make sense to me if they think they're going to lose him to not trade him. And it's always been a weird fit with him anyway. So what, what do you think about Brunson? I mean, I love Brunson. And, Me too. and if I'm Dallas, I'd want to make it work with him and Luca. I mean, like you said, Brunson had a great month with Luca out. He was averaging 21 points, seven assists. And he did a good job running that offense. He's been solid on defense for that team. The 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 the, the, co- the cohesion between him and Luca could build over time as Luca gets more acclimated playing off ball. I'd love to see Luca do more of the stuff that he did back for Real Madrid. Like just pull up clips of him. He'd be bouncing around off ball, staying yeah. attentive and focused and cut to the rim. Like Luca, Luca for Real Madrid, if he can just take take some of that back and bring it into what he does now, he could be a threat with and without the ball. And having a point guard like Brunson next to him would be ideal. Um for Dallas though, like there's definitely fear in keeping him. And the a team like the Knicks, the connections there are definitely strong. Um but maybe that's why a team needs to pounce on him now. And with Dallas, this is unrelated to Brunson. I've heard they like John Collins with Atlanta. They pursued him in his restricted free agency. He's a guy that they want to target. So maybe maybe if you're getting, let's just say if you have the intentions of getting John Collins uh, a big like that and you're flipping a Dorian Finney-Smith and a Maxi Kleber or something like that, if you're 
then flipping Brunson elsewhere, there's a need for ball handling. There's a need for a wing. Um, and, you know, Boston's pretty interesting there when you consider if you are giving back a Marcus Smart or a Richardson or a Schroeder, whatever it might be, um, there's some pieces there that could work. But ultimately, I, I think Brunson's going to have strong enough of a market. I, I don't see Boston having enough assets to get it done unless they go over the top with picks because um, that could be appealing for Dallas too. So they actually have ammo to make other moves. Well, it could Brunson. be. We haven't established that Atlanta might like Marcus Smart, right? That's yeah, that's maybe. been that's out a, there. Yeah, that, that's we a haven't solid established that they might trade John Collins. So maybe there's something that has Marcus and something else, and John Collins to Dallas and Brunson and a contract to the so there something. I, I just feel like something will happen with that because if they can only pay him four fifty five, it reminds me a little bit of the Harden OKC situation ten years ago where. They could only pay him four for 60, but he knew if he went out there, he could get like five for 90 from Houston or whatever. And he just knew there was more money if he didn't stay. And I think this is a similar situation. But the the, the X factor, this is Dallas is playing well, you know, and, and do they even want to do anything or do they want to just try to talk him into staying or, you know, who knows? Could it be like when... Cuban worked some of his chicanery, like when he had Dirk playing for <laughs> half of what he was worth for like five years. We still don't know what was going on. Um, but who knows? Maybe he could pull something up. All right. Any, uh, who should we apologize to that weren't panic trade teams? Anybody? We didn't say Atlanta, but Atlanta's been winning lately. So yeah, they won like seven think, in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they count as a panic team anymore. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw one last one out and then we'll go. I'm really interested to see what happens with the Clippers because. I do oh, not yeah. believe the Paul George stuff at all. I think they're full <laughs> of shit. I don't think he's coming back this year. He has a legitimate elbow injury that if he played other sports, he'd be out for a year. I don't see why that he would come back if he needs surgery. The only way he would come back is if you felt like you had a chance to make the finals, but that would hinge on, can Kawhi come back? We haven't heard anything from Kawhi. It's like, oh, he's doing better. If I'm them, I'm going the other way. I, I'm, I'm a seller right now. I'm shelving Paul George. The reason I bring this up is I got my season ticket renewal thing really early this year. <laughs> January 31st was the deadline hmm. to uh, to like whatever before get in now. And I'm like, January 31st? We, we have three months of the season w when left. When is it usually? When usually is it usually for season later. It's not, definitely I've never gotten in January huh. before. And they're like, oh, we have the new stadium coming in 2025. You're going to want in on this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you guys must be nervous that uh, guys aren't coming back. I would be a seller. I to me like Morris, Reggie Jackson, um, maybe even Kennard. They have guys that, um, you know, I think could could net them some stuff, and maybe they could recoup some picks, and uh, and they could even recoup some picks, and um, <laughs> and just toss away this year. What's going to happen this year? They're not winning the title this year. What do you think of that? Yeah, so I'm writing about the Clippers on Monday for the Ringer. Oh, and there you go. In, in in that I mentioned, so you mentioned Reggie Jackson. I've heard he's a guy they prefer to keep, like they like him on the okay. team. But it sounds it sounds like Ibaka, Bledsoe, and Morris are the three most likely likely veterans on that team to be dealt. Um, and but really though, Morris is the only one of those three that would interest a contender or a team with playoff hopes. Bledsoe maybe not so much. Ibaka mm. not at this stage of his career right now. Um, but, you know, those salaries are interesting. Carnard has some value. Like you said, Carnard could. Maybe you combine a young prospect like Keon Johnson 
um, into a trade to have some value there. But for the Clippers, I'd be looking for picks as well in return, though. I I do want to raise this question for you. What about John Wall? Also a free agent in 2023. The Clippers are looking for a point guard. You could combine Bledsoe plus Ibaka plus Morris to get the 43 million, which is right there for John Wall at 44 million. Like if you're the Clippers, you're not getting Brunson. What does Schroeder do for you? Dragic, there's probably too much interest league wide, and somebody like him, Kemba doesn't do anything for you. John Wall might present the highest upside for the Clippers with any options out there, and he doesn't necessarily make you better the rest of this regular season either. Um, so you could, you know, you could, you know, maybe not. It doesn't matter if you put it this way. It doesn't matter if you lose right now because you don't have your pick. It doesn't matter if you win right now because you might not be getting Kawhi and Paul George back. This would be about getting John Wall right for next season or April when those guys do end up returning. Right now, they're a seven seed. They're 26 and 26. Portland is 21 and 29, so they're well behind. I mean, there's a world that they can alternately tank and stay alive, at least for the playing game. But I still, nobody's been able to explain to me how Paul George is playing again this year. You have a torn UCL. How do you come back from that? And and if you can play in pain with a torn UCL, why aren't you playing now? You know, so that that's why I think they're rope doping us a little bit here with this. And yeah, I, I mean, do not I'll, think we're going to see him again. That might be the case, but ultimately for them, there's no incentive to lose. Like, unfortunately, you just don't have your, you know, well, they don't have their pick. Right. So, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But for them, uh, I think they're in a position where they're just in an evaluation phase. They, they don't have to play to win. They don't have to play to lose. Um, they're just about like figuring out who's going to stay, who's going to be a part of this team moving forward. And how, how are they going to build around Leonard and George and like that again, like with so many of these teams, what are the options? John Wall might really be one of the better options for the for the for the Clippers. And Stein said it last week on his Substack that they have interest that there's a buyout. Kelly Iko at the Athletics said that they expressed interest in trades earlier this summer, mm. uh, earlier this season. So they've at least indicated some level of interest in Wall as a point guard to target for that team. Um, that'd be quite a risk, but. There's some upside there. Lesser role for John Wall playing next to Kawhi and Paul George might not be so bad. I don't care about not having my pick and where, what my record is this year if I can't win the title anyway, because that pick's gone. I, I thought actually that was one of the smarter things Brooklyn did when the Celtics had all their picks. At some point, they're like, what are we going to do? Those things are gone. But what are what can we do that's the best for our team right now? And if you're the Clippers, the best thing they can do is kind of get rid of some of these expensive role guys and try to at least get a couple assets oh, yeah. back for them. Totally. Um, you look at Clippers in Houston, Wall's making 44. And if you just did Bledsoe and you did Abaca and... Morris. Yeah, yeah I guess... That's all it takes. Yeah, but then you lose Morris. Like, I would want Morris for well, next you, year, you, right? You, you could do Jackson in place of Morris. But if you do Morris, theoretically, let's say he slides into, I don't know, like a trade exception for the Pelicans. Maybe you get a pickback or something like that as well. Or well, something if, of value. But what if, you re, what if you rerouted Kennard to somebody else? And that's a possibility too. Like there's and then different you combos took, for sure. And they gave you some pickback and then you took that, whatever the expiring contract is. Like they can send Kennard to Utah or the Celtics or whoever and just send whatever contract they're getting back. Anyway. Don't you want to keep Kennard if you're the Clippers? 
I like Canard. Maybe next to Kawhi I, he's and been George. a little feisty I, lately. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like the combination of those guys if, if it works a, a, the way it could on paper. All right, all right. This was fun. KSA, I look forward to reading your Clippers piece. Good to see you. We can hear in the mismatch three times a week, and next week you're coming out. We're doing an all day trade deadline thing, which is going to be next Thursday. So ten days away. Try to hydrate. Work up, maybe put some Absolutely. oil in your beard so your beard looks yeah. nice and spicy. Get some water right here. Thing. Yeah. All right. Good to see you. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. That's it for the podcast. Thanks to Sal. Thanks to KOC. Thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing. Thanks to Dylan Berkey and Steve Cerruti. I will see you on the Rewatchables on Monday night, and I'll see you on this feed on Tuesday. Until then.